Surely the era of the superhero who urged you to say your prayers and take your vitamins is definitely passe. That's a man I bust my ass for. I travel all over the world. I'm not at home the majority of the year for him and this company. You see, the difference between you and me is when I fail, I get back up, I put a smile on my face, and I go to work to kick ass the next day. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your intelligence insulted. Let me just say that based on what just happened, Roman Reigns has been temporarily suspended. What's the worst that could happen? Like if I did the thing right now that I wasn't supposed to do, does that even change my road to WrestleMania? Well, screw it. I challenge The Undertaker to a match at WrestleMania. This is a conscious effort on our part to open the creative envelope, so to speak. Welcome to the three-man booth version of the uh, alleged wrestling podcast. Gordo, Steve, how are the lads? Oh, sure. What up, motherfuckers? Happy St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's. Get fucked. (laughs) Where's the other fella? Uh, He went home to his home planet to overthrow a corrupt government, apparently. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, no. believe him. No, not at all. Uh, I reckon he just didn't want to watch Mania 14, to be honest. But <laughs> fucking, we'll, we'll, we'll believe him. We'll believe him. Uh... Yeah, we'll see. What a dick. He, he just hates the attitude era. He's always said it. Yeah, he's a big Roman mark, to be fair. That is the worst time in wrestling ever. It's like that flippy shit forever tattoo he got. I mean, like, <laughs> fucking nerd. He likes a good match with no story and plenty of flips. Nerd. No fists, just flips. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so steve will be doing the second of the uh many revisited section with wrestlemania 14 aka the it, best wrestlemania the best get fucked oh. <laughs> we said favorite i mean i had to i went with seven i know that wasn't everyone's favorite so favorite is the safe word here <laughs> if you start using best it's a whole different conversation in a universe where only my opinion matters it is the best Fair enough. I think that, that's the whole idea of having an opinion, I suppose. <laughs> it's, it's, it's better than seven. That's something unanimous. We can all agree on se- it's better than seven. No, no. Just that's wrong. Just wrong. Fake news. Isn't it? Look at Battleground from last year with the Punjabi prison match was better than WrestleMania 7. Fired. Well, fired and fired. Um, talk about this whole fabulous moolah controversy. Ooh. So. It, it, this is a weird one Steve you said you hadn't really heard of this before it's something I was aware of but I didn't really dig into too much and then you read about it mm-hmm. uh, so just very quick recap uh, bit of an old rapist was Moolah uh, sex trafficker <laughs> uh, all the bad shit you can possibly think of and so WWE decided to name the women's battle royal after her <laughs> for Wrestlemania and nobody thought this was a bad idea like, I was living uh, under a rock, so I, I genuinely did not know of this. I didn't even know that there was any negativity towards this person. So that's a shame on me for not knowing that. But um, first woman inducted to the Hall of Fame, clearly held within high regards within WWE, despite her out-of-ring activities or lack thereof. She did a lot for women's wrestling, an argument could be made. Oh, but they, they know that's the problem. 
that's the whole thing is that she did the exact opposite. Did she though? She kept other people down and took their money to to and and use them to get her bookings. I I just so she had no impact positive for women's wrestling. I mean, I don't know. Uh, no, what's the whole thing about publicity? <laughs> she, she put less people over than Cena. <laughs> yeah. She held that title for twenty something uh, years. I, don't know. I was reading. Feifel had mentioned that they had contacted people, and a lot of the staff weren't even aware of this. Like, and even the wrestlers weren't aware of this. So I'd imagine not Vince knew. Like, but the whole week it was a weird one where they announced it, and then they had the backlash. Then on SmackDown they doubled down on it. Like Carmella called herself the modern day Mula. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, guys, come on. To be fair, she you, she was leading Ellsworth around on a fucking leash only six months ago. <laughs> and well, to be fair, it was just like, like where's is your finger on the pulse, lads? Like, he seriously, this was just them trolling, going, no, fuck it, we're doing this, we're doing this. And then they decided to back down because there was a petition sent to Snickers, the sponsors of WrestleMania, <laughs> to get it pulled. Yeah. But I, I always wonder, though, when there's such a, a massive uproar, especially within the internet wrestling community, who, let's be honest, in their infinite wisdom, are not the uh, most caring and thoughtful of bunches of people. Filthy marks. Yes, that's what I was going for. Um, Snowflakey. <laughs> but, like, you know, when, when there's so much aggro and when there's so much uproar about a certain issue or theme or topic or person, I tend to almost revolt against that because I'm like, eh, okay, maybe it's, it, can't, it can't be that bad. Like, look at your man that um, Gordo loves to talk about. Look at the uproar that happened when he uh, got booked for OTT and then dropped. Like, he apparently was the worst person in the world that week. Yeah, this you is know, a little bit different, though. This I know, I know, and I'm not saying she's innocent, but I, I, the, the truth of it is probably somewhere in the middle. That yeah, she might have done or might have done some things or not prevented other things from happening. But I would imagine that if she was such a bad person that she wouldn't have made it in the infamous world that she is right now without um, having some talent behind it and some that's success whole, and some progress behind it. That's the whole thing about having that having that kind of power over people that you just kind of bull your way through it. But look, I, I can't imagine Vinnie Mac allowing someone to to do that he, he wouldn't he wouldn't admire a person like that that personality type would drive him away <laughs> allegedly <laughs> but like, oh, yeah allegedly oh jesus allegedly <laughs> all of this is all, all allegedly in his Everything universe for this in his universe he's the only one who's allowed to have power and to keep people down and all that sort of stuff that's how we ended up shifting every fucking diva who came through the doors of the company like <laughs> hey, that was all part of the story it was yeah, very Kong. rich Hey, Fabe. Rich, detailed stories. <laughs> rich, detailed stories that <laughs> led up to those moments. <laughs> ah, this prick is back. Kid Rock, Hall of Fame. Lol. Lol, indeed. It's in my notes as lol. <laughs> <laughs> what a load of shit. <sighs> it's the celebrity wing. Does anyone really give a fuck? Uh, yeah, I know, but... I love that he got booed. Him. He got booed in Detroit, and in he's Detroit. from Detroit. Like, that's the kind of douchebag you're dealing with. Look, at, it could have been worse. It could have been Machine Gun Kelly. Oh Jesus Christ! I don't even know who that is. Can you imagine oh. the pop that's going to happen when Florida and Mr. Five gets 
inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. You know what's happening. Uh, Pitbull is going into the WWE Hall of Fame. I'd rather that the Kid Rock. <laughs> could we like? Could we make it a physical Hall of Fame then, and just lock the two cunts in the fucking place? <laughs> Forget about them. Throw away the key. So yeah, anyway. that's, that's actually one thing that people have have been saying a lot lately is that they're missing the fact that there isn't a physical Hall of Fame for WWE. That all no, of this sort of stuff it. is just a hypothetical stuff. And a lot of superstars who've been inducted went in reluctantly because they felt that it, it wasn't actually meaningful to go into the WWE Hall of Fame because there was no shrine for all intents and purposes that they that people can go visit and worship over. Um, the, they've bought a site um, last year. I remember reading a story about that. There is a site purchased. So okay. It, Where, it's happening. Uh, I think it was in Florida. Disney World. Could maybe. be wrong. Well, yeah, they're, they're go, it's going to be a theme park type thing. Yeah, like you've been, we've all been to Access. Like you know, you see the way they set it up there. I'd imagine it'd be just like that, just you know, very expensive. WWE World, the Rock and Roll Express Coaster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have to have a Space Mountain, and it's just a picture of Ric Flair. <laughs> so, do you have to like get on Ric Flair to ride? You would, Space Mountain you would have to ride Space Mountain, yeah. and, and you have to sign the consent form. <laughs> <laughs> yes, consent is everything. Oh Lord! Um, one of the last few things here, Ronda Rousey. They had a mix-up with the with press release or something that they said that Ronda was. Remember, we were talking about it either last week or two weeks ago that Ronda be on every row up to Mania. Apparently, that mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to be released until you know next week or something when she will be on every row. <laughs> so uh, the crowd were pissed, and Brock was advertised, but they're running that as a storyline. He should that he doesn't show up, but that doesn't cut it when there's people showing up to the building that want to see these people. But mm-hmm. anyway. They gave out free Snickers bars to anyone who wanted them in the crowd. Snickers are doing God's work this week. <laughs> what if you're uh, diabetic? Well, you can get fucked. That seems to be the case. <laughs> you don't get Ronda, you don't get Brock, and also you no chocolate for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, today, actually, WrestleMania 35 announced for MetLife Stadium, New Jersey slash New York, the way they bill it. Uh, the site of WrestleMania 29. Um, Rory, who was uh, telling me about this beforehand, was at WrestleMania 29. Reckons it's a shithole for watching wrestling. Not great. Couple of people view- said that. Yeah. But anyway, we'll fly through more. Uh, he just told me another thing on Jim and Sam's morning show this this morning. The big dog. Because <laughs> I think they're in the garden tonight. So he yeah. was on promoting that, and he confirmed that the 50 man Royal Rumble will be on the network. Yes. Yay. I very much approve. That's What's on the thing. line? Have they announced? Like, is there a thing or is it just, you win? <laughs> right. No idea. You win Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> and unless you're a woman. Unless you're a woman. You're not allowed in. I was going to say, they're not wrestling on that fucking card. No, I don't think so. Anyway, um, Rusev put out a challenge. He wants to fight a celebrity at WrestleMania. Uh, the Rock encouraged it as well, and apparently Macaulay Culkin has called him out. Got to bitch slap him in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be uh, so amazing! <laughs> Rusev so- versus a skinny crackhead—that's going to be some crack. They'll do it. They'll do it. Turn it into a skit, and it'll be Rusev tracking him around backstage. Do you remember like the Chavo Guerrero and Hornswoggle stuff? <laughs> it'll be that. It'll be that sort of stuff. Essentially, traps from Home Alone set up backstage where Rusev is trying to track down Macaulay Culkin. Uh, that'd be fucking hilarious, actually. You should do that. <laughs> oh man! So, uh, I, I, what are they going to do with Rusev? I suppose while we're talking about it, we 
What are the options? It's either that or the fucking US title becoming a fatal four-way. Well, they have to take some of the triple threats off the card. Like, they need to add add a fourth or remove a third because there's too many of them building up. Or make another triple threat match <laughs> for the WWE Championship. Make it like a triple threat, triple threat match. So, like, there's nine <laughs> people in it. But, you know, you have to go through three triple threats to get through to the final match. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Set up three rings and have a triple threat in each ring. And when everyone wins their triple threat, they meet in the ring closest to the ramp. And that's yeah. when they have another triple threat to the side. That's the fourth triple threat. Triple threat mania. Triple threat mania. mania is running wild, brothers. Yeah, And I wouldn't even, I'd go with the three ring. I'd make a fourth ring. It's a nice clean ring. So you have three, three triple threat matches happening at the same time. And then whoever wins just goes and sits in the, in the fourth ring waiting for it to happen. They're not going to sell out the arena anyway, so they might as well use the space. <laughs> um, I approve. Anyway, I think we'll move on to topics of the week. Uh, I call this one the scolded dog. Um, Kurt Angle opens Raw. Oh, we're coming to it. Hold it, hold it. <laughs> Angle opens Raw and he says that Brock won't be here due to transportation issues or he wasn't feeling well or some other shit. Reigns comes out to loud booze. The big dog is coming to hunt. <laughs> there's two in about 90 seconds it's great but he does the usual spiel uh reigns is not surprised brock doesn't respect him uh, the company or the people here tonight in wherever they were and he kind of asks what punishment there's going to be you know if, if everyone here tonight doesn't show up for work you get you get fired and it's a problem and blah 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 and he uh, says that brock is vince's boy and i had to have a good chuckle to myself after that one <laughs> Uh, yeah uh he said he said the problem was vince and i think that we should clip that because that can be used for all eternity <laughs> but he uh he said that nothing was he walked past vince backstage and he never even had the courtesy to let him know and he's like the one thing to be it's one thing to be disrespected by brock lesnar but i will not be disrespected by vince mcmahon where are we going with this one boys firstly boo um boo boo no 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 just boo just, just boo you, this time. Are you saying boo or boo-ah? I was most certainly saying boo. I was saying boo-ah. I, <laughs> I hated the fact that they broke kayfabe for this. Shane McMahon Shane. should not have been shown on camera. There's a thing I kind of like because it made it feel a bit more real. As Why would Shane McMahon be there? In kayfabe or it, non-kayfabe? But that's what they're doing. They're saying, well, he shouldn't be there if they're showing it on camera. And, oh, look, he's there. This is what happens really backstage. Problem mm -hmm. is, as well, normally that's where Triple H sits. But because Triple H is involved in another storyline, they don't want him to be the person filling that seat. Now, they could have gotten another producer to do it, but for the likes of ourselves tuning in, who would you believe is going to be sitting in that seat? It's either going to be Triple H, Stephanie, or Shane. And you always see shots of Michael Hayes sitting there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They probably didn't have the makeup budget that week to get him onto <laughs> HD and 4K TV. Either that or he showed up in a normal jacket on for once. They're like, Michael, what the fuck are you doing? No, get out. Yeah. No, other than the fact that Shane showed up, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good new angled storyline. And let's be honest, we don't get a lot of new with WWE, so that's always, it's always worthwhile to get. Yep. Um, weird seeing Vince suspend him, though. I, I, I'm not well, sure where the, they're going with that. But it's funny that we we kind of disagree on that. But um, about chain, it just shows that it got people talking anyway. At least you know we are marks. Mm -hmm. 
it got um, the KO tweet. Yeah, true, true. KO said that he's the commissioner and he should be at the house show that they're at. We're like, that, that's not how it works, Kevin. You should know this. I know. Good old Kevin. See, but, kayfabe. Uh, kayfabe. Keeping it alive. Uh, Vince says that they can talk in his office because Roman comes at him. He comes at him hard. And Vince calls for ads. So we have an interview with Renee outside where kind of bro, uh, Roman kind of blanked her and didn't say anything. And Vince comes out and says that this is a weird one. He's like, Brock isn't my boy. He's not Paul Heyman's boy. He's a man. <laughs> like, what He's the a fuck? Man. <laughs> Such, Such a, a man. man. <laughs> He's a man. <laughs> Uh, but basically, it ended up. Uh, he said he should be like taking a. What did exactly did he say about the rock? It was something along the lines. Uh, of, in the words, of, in a, the words of his cousin, words, yeah, yeah. he should uh, he should know his role and shut his mouth. Ooh, big words. But he uh, spins Roman temporarily and promises that Brock will be there next week. Brock won't be there next week. Not a. Whole no, time. I think he will. Nah. I think he will. And I think this is all a ploy because Roman's going to be suspended. Brock is going to be in the ring, essentially playing all high and mighty because there's no Roman there. And I think Roman comes through the crowd, jumps him, and they're expecting that to get a pop. No, I I think what they should do, maybe that's what they will do. What they should do is that he doesn't appear until Mania. And that he keeps no show. And even at Mania, he comes out and tracks it. Like, whatever, don't care. And he should beat him in 90 seconds and walk back out again. <laughs> and not because I want don't want to see Reigns winning around, and I have no problem with that. We all know that's what's going to happen. But it'd be hilarious if he didn't do it that night. The biggest <laughs> swerve. And then do it on Raw the next night or whatever. Come out and beat him in 90 seconds. It'd be fucking hilarious. I still think that they need to do something more and more drastic to get the fans to turn the way the WWE want them to turn. So at the minute, we're still booing Roman, despite his good promo a couple of weeks ago. The fact we haven't seen Brock hasn't deterred people. As soon as Brock turns up, he's still going to get cheered. So I, I'm, I'm worried that with three, what, three, four weeks to go, they still haven't accomplished the turns that they want to turn, which goes back to bad booking and why it's been left to the last minute to make this match real, you know? When they, when they knew about it 12 months ago. Exactly. Um, I think if they did it, you know, you might get some people boo Brock purely because he hasn't shown up and he didn't care or whatever. But It's mainly a crowd, man. People aren't going to boo for that. Yep. Yeah. It's kind That's of the thing you do now. His music hits and you boo. That's kind of like what they do now, regardless of how they feel about, about Reigns. But let's be honest, like, if we were at WrestleMania, like, how would we react? Like, we're wrestling marks. We've all been to a WrestleMania. We know what the people there are like. You get the locals who might act the way WWE wanted to, but they're severely outnumbered. So, yeah. like you said, as soon as the big dogs music hits, <laughs> it's going to be met with instant booze. A la, they're going to have to dull them out on the network on the repeats. Oh, I'm 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 adding that into my drinking game. Every time that I they noticeably cut the mics in the crowd, I drink. I go and get my fucking hammered. Gordo dies. We yeah. have to do a live thing after that. This is gonna be me, and then the fucking he fucking came out, fucking. Well, like same goes for Brock. Again, if I was at WrestleMania and Brock's music hits, I'm cheering. Not because I don't like Roman, or not because I overly like Brock, but it's just how the booking has made me feel towards this feud, and that's what the WWE will never understand. 
they just don't understand long-term booking and how people react to long-term booking and how people lack and the lack of react to short-term booking i should say as well yep. it's what goes back to what i said last week about the whole thing of how their creative is essentially the same creative team that expected cena to get bo uh, to get cheered against the likes of triple h and michaels and all these guys but it's like they've seen these guys just be complete badasses and be the living shit out of everyone for years just because they're heel now doesn't necessarily mean they're going to cheer the guy they're against and that's where the issue is now no matter what they're doing with lesnar people are so conditioned to boo reigns that you're not going to manage to change that in the space of six weeks and fair fucks to them they're trying they are trying and the stuff he's doing i think he's actually been pretty good the last few weeks but as you said you're still conditioned to a stage where you are going to cheer you're going to cheer brock you're going to boo the fuck out of reigns mm-hmm. and yeah that's just be as you said long-term booking but they seem to think we have the memories of goldfish which clearly not i'm so happy you said that you even heard the intro yet but uh <laughs> just remember this remember this part of the conversation and when you hear it back it's it, i promise you i didn't stare at this way this is hilarious. <laughs> he's totally just heard that now and he's like i'm just going to do this in post <laughs> no no because i don't have any time i wanted to start early for a reason <laughs> done done i can show you the files <laughs> yeah, you don't need to show me anything more over webcam it's okay steve yeah well <laughs> that's how we close every show <laughs> do the helicopter dick uh, <laughs> That's how we wave goodbye. <laughs> Just because I'm the only one that does it doesn't mean it's not a tradition. Fuck's sake. Uh, next, one. <laughs> next one I've entitled Death to Miz TV. Not because of the Miz, before he jumped down my throat. Just this segment just has to go away. All these types of segments have to go away. But uh, <clears throat> we had the Miz introduce his guests at this time, Rollins and Balor. And this is actually quite good uh, in terms of when they got there eventually they spent ages with this very unnatural boring well scripted shite that people wouldn't actually say nobody speaks the way they have them fucking written mm-hmm. he kind of turns them he's trying to turn them against each other um he's like sets where the workhorses and Balor is just used to bingo halls you know like you know seven times tokyo tokyo dome whatever <laughs> whatever but uh, he starts. It starts to improve when Balor asks what happened the last time they faced when he beat Rollins with one arm. I like that line. <laughs> like whoever wrote that line, just keep them having writing things. <laughs> and Rollins says that's the past, and then Mania will stomp his face into the ground, and the two kind of stand up. And I, I, the way I described it, the Miz is Mister Burnsing behind them. <laughs> the two lads are like facing off, and the Miz is tackling and exactly. <laughs> Uh, it was just a great shot. Um, but then they turn on him. They, you know, we kind of expected it. And we have the beat down. But then Rollins lays out Balor with a right hand right after it, which we didn't expect, which was quite cool. But uh, just on the topic of these interview segments, like, Steve, what do you, what do you make of them? This isn't an anti-Miz thingy with Hold me. Hold no, on just... to your socks because I agree. Holy shit. This is, I why I want, this is why I want a nice mix in death, right? So I can play the do 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 sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> that only works for Shaft Samuels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, he shot I, himself. Miss <laughs> um, TV segments, they can be very hit or can be very miss. Uh, and the problem is it can vary week on week. There's no, It's not a case that we get good ones for a while and then they turn bad for a while. This was definitely, you know, Bailey, this is your life. 
a la quality of just about, like said, you know up to about the halfway point and then it got a lot better but yeah like the, the, but the, the, lead, the lead into the conflict was poor very very poor uh, and, and, I, and I don't blame any of the three guys in the ring no it was just here's your lines for the night are, are you serious you want me to say this uh, okay that's the thing it was a Michaels that mentioned it and, and Austin Jericho everyone they all kind of said it was like give me bullet points and I'll figure it out from there and you have like yes. an old Balor is criticised for not being the best talker but I haven't seen much evidence of that um, so Rollins can talk and Miz is a brilliant talker so like why don't you just say hey get it you've got uh, say four minutes get us to where Rollins lays Balor out that's what we need yep let them fucking go yeah. Get us there, and you need to mention the fact that you fought for the for, for the universal title at such and such a pay per view, and that you uh, mentioned the fact that he wrestled in smaller yeah. companies. Yeah, no trust. Uh, and carry that. Yeah, and as you uh, as you said yourself, the whole Austin thing. Uh, pretty sure a direct quote from him on one of his podcasts was, "There's nobody, there's no writer on this earth that's going to tell me how I'll speak." Yeah, exactly. And that was his attitude. Of they handed him a script. And he basically turned around and said, no, no, what are the teams? What what are we getting across? And the man lays out like literally two lines of it. And he's like, right, screw it, I'll do the rest. Yeah, and Michael's had a similar one where it was long after he'd retired, he'd come back and a writer hands him like a page and a half of dialogue. And yeah. he's like, oh, no, just give me, just give me the bullet points here. And he just went out, forgot most of it. He goes, I'm never going to remember this. I'm going to forget it all. I'm going to make an ass <laughs> out of myself. What do I need to sell? So yeah, he yeah. comes back out. Writer is sitting there in gorilla with Vince, and he goes, "Vince, good." He goes, "Yeah, fine." And he goes, looks at the writer and goes, eh, "Whatever." <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. Um, later on, then just to close off the section, good match between Balor and Rollins. Uh, I love the finish. Um, you know, we, uh, he has the superplex set up uh, into the Falcon Arrow for Rollins. Yeah. Balor had Balor caught him in a roll up and scouted it. So the idea being that this is the way I read into it because I really want to like this. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. He had what a year and a half, and the only all that's in his head is that I lost my title and I never, I, I never lost it. It was taken away from me. I never got to defend it, and he has to replay that in his mind over and over and over again. And he knows what he's going to do at all times. I think that's a nice little look. Yeah. If that's not what they meant, fair fucks in him for making me think that. <laughs> so uh, yeah. this match could be great if the Miz is left to go stand outside. Let the two lads go. <laughs> this match is going to be great. Because of the Miz. Miz will sell. Miz will sell shit and make them look like a million exactly. bucks. Exactly. Uh, when the two boys have their own little face-off, we know that's going to be good as well. Yeah. yeah. As triple threat matches go on this card, this is going to be the, the match. So. It's going to be match. Oh, yeah, well, maybe the SmackDown tag titles. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Speaking of tag titles, me and Steve had a brief conversation about it. Uh, so I'll go to Gordo and you can finish after this, Steve. Because uh, I know we disagree here, we'll we'll undo the pew 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 thing here now. <laughs> uh, the bar are calling for an opponent. They put out a tweet or whatever, and like we need a competition. Blah 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 blah. And it was answered by the Mizettes. Uh They attack the bar from behind and send them outside, and they beat them up. So the bar recover, and then the revival come out. Then the Good Brothers come out, and then the bar trying to run, try to run away, but uh, Titus Worldwide. <laughs> God, love those guys. And Slater and Rhino <laughs> cut them off. There's a big brawl. Uh, Cesaro sleeks off through the crowd. Seamus crawls up the ramp. So we have the bar complaint to Kurt that they want to go to, to Tuesday nights and they're not waiting for the shake-up. First time it's been confirmed now that there will be a shake-up. Like, was a weird way to do it. 
Now, unless they maybe had a slip of the tongue there, that'd be funny if that was the case that they let it slip. But they let it slip and then just recovered and it turned into an actual okay promo. Yeah, yeah. So Kurt makes it a, a tag team battle royale to see that playing too much PUBG battle royal. Uh, <laughs> the, the bar faced the winner. So all the guys come out and then Braun Strowman's music hits and he comes out alone. Or is he really alone if he's got these hands? That's what I'm asking. But uh, <laughs> then it's a three on two handicap weird. match. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Three on multiple twos. <laughs> uh, so Braun, it wasn't a great match. I liked the last bit though, where he got Carl Anderson and he just shouts at his face, I'm going to WrestleMania. And he just <laughs> fucked him over the top rope. <laughs> so Gordo, Strowman, the tag team champions. I am so torn because I love that man, but I hate that he's buried a whole division. <laughs> the division was buried. The storyline was that the division I know, but was the, no, but the division is the division is on fucking life support. With this, it's pull the fucking plug. We don't need we don't need tag titles anymore. Um, okay, well, like and as division. I said, I like. No, I have my ideas as to how I want this to play out, and it could be fucking marvelous. But at the same time. I'm so torn. Okay, well, my card's on the table. I loved it, right? That division is dead, and that's the storyline of it. He never beat up one tag team by himself. You know, it was the usual Strom, the big guy thing where he beats up all the normal small guys, whatever. Yeah. Interesting to see how it goes when it's him against a tag team, like like the Revival, a well-oiled machine, which would be, I think it'd be a great match. But um, the visual, Roman's got one red belt, Strowman comes out to challenge him, He's got two red belts. <laughs> I'm all about that visual for the Monday after uh, WrestleMania. And his pose where he throws up the two hands and he just grabs both belts. Belly, it's going to be fucking like, fantastic. I, 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 want, I, I want there to be a thing where it's done for the whole next couple of weeks that he needs to find a tag partner. And until Mania night, he does not have a tag partner. And I actually, I only came up with this just before we actually started recording this. But they do another way to do the Hall of Fame walkout where everyone comes out and they stand on the stairs on the ramp. They all yeah. come out and do that. Next thing, as that ends, Strowman's music hits. And he comes out, and he fucking does the big brawn thing on the ramp, and he just starts eyeing everyone up, and he just picks someone from the fucking Hall of Fame class, and he makes them stand on the apron as his tag partner. Kid so like, Rock. Braun Strowman and Ivory, or Braun Strowman and the fucking <laughs> young fella who's getting the Warrior Award become the tag team champions. <laughs> I liked your idea about Little Jimmy. I, I like cool. Little Jimmy or a crash test dummy or an inanimate carbon rod. Uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of ideas of this. The, the other two I did think of were Joe and Big Cass. Yeah. I, I, I just straight up, I want him to be the tag team champions. I said this a year ago. Do you remember we were talking about this? Yeah. And this is what they should do. I said he should be the tag team champions by himself. One of the first times um, I met you, you were, we were talking about this. Yeah. And you fucking mentioned it. I can remember it. Yeah. Um, but I do like the idea of he still can't find a partner. <laughs> like I, hadn't, I didn't think of drawing it out until the actual day. But then he bumps into our <laughs> truth backstage and he just introduces him to little Jimmy. And says, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our truth's imaginary friend, little Jimmy. <laughs> I'm on board with it now. I'm on board with it just for that segment. <laughs> fantastic or just have like Strowman dust you just have fucking Goldust come out dressed up like Braun Strowman oh Jesus <laughs> Braun dust uh, Steve you weren't the biggest fan of it I absolutely hated this segment um, for, for similar reasons to what Gordo said um, the, the, the poor tag division on Raw has been dead and buried for a long time effectively it's been 
the Shield Bar Division since what July seventeenth or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they've got one of the best tag teams in the world, who are ready, willing, and able to put on a potential match of the night with the Bar at WrestleMania, and they can't find a storyline to make that work is absolutely embarrassing for WWE. You're talking about Slater and Rhino here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> FTSR. I, I agree with your sentiments <laughs> about the greatest tag team titles worldwide. Oh, actually, actually, on that, did you see when Titus Worldwide came out, Seamus done the Wakanda forever fucking thing yeah. to them? <laughs> is that racist? I don't really know. I don't know, but I fucking <laughs> lost my shit laughing. I forgot to put it in the review, and it dawned on me when I put up the SmackDown one, I was like, I'm not going to even change it now. But uh, oh, I lost my shit laughing at it. But this has all come from the fact that they had Strowman on standby, should he be needed for the main event. And now they have nothing for him. He's it killed was- Elias. Uh, so then they realized, well, the, t- the tag division is kind of fucked. Why don't we play it up that we've done such a horrendous job with the tag team division that we're going to do this? But look, the way I see it is it's going to be fun. And they're doing the shake-up so the revival can go to SmackDown. And I- I'd like to think Authors of Pain are going to SmackDown as well. I and want Samoa Joe to go to SmackDown. I want Samoa Joe and the Authors of Pain as a faction. Oh, I like that. But Bal- Balor has to go there too, though. Wait, sure, Brock is gone. It's Balor, all, oh, Balor, Balor, and the Good Bro- Balor and the Good Brothers against Joe and AOP in a six-person tag match on SummerSlam. <laughs> Mighty. But if I can go back just to the Strowman thing, I don't want to see Strowman versus the Barrett Mania. Like, the Bar have established themselves as a, f- a shit-hot tag team. And I don't think, like, they're technically heels. But they're the sort of heels like the Usos are heels. You know, they're, they're a well-respected heel team because people can see the quality they bring and the match quality that they have every single time. If you put Braun Strowman up against that, you're going to shit all over the bar as well. You know, you, you can't... You can't going back, though. They've done this before. Triple H used to beat the tag team champions by himself and all sorts of shit like that. Yeah, that's part so, of the reason why Triple H is Triple H. You know, he's... Mm, fetch the shovel. Exactly. And then, like, okay, well, where does this put Elias, for example? Is he going to be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal or whatever namesake they changed that to for whatever shit they drag up on Andre the Giant to make them rename that one? (laughs) Chris Benoit, Father's Day. What a monster. Great wrestler. Okay, I'm gonna book. I'm gonna try future book this. So they did go with Braun Strowman against the Bar at WrestleMania. The Bar can't win that. So if that is the match, Braun Strowman has to win. There's no other way around it. They they think that this is going to appease the crowd by giving Braun Strowman a big win at WrestleMania and have him be the tag team champions by himself or with a and other. The next right hand row. What happens next? Who's okay. he up against next? What sort of storyline are they going to build around that? AOP. AOP or, versus Braun Strowman and take him out. I know it doesn't make any sense, but I'd like to see that. Or you go <laughs> DQ, you go bar, you go bar, get themselves disqualified, and after that, you have some sort of a run in as a return to, to yeah. save for the save, be it like I don't know, Ambrose because the bar it'll be, it'll be something like that just to save face, which is a shame because you've wasted two things there. Yep, <sighs> what I think is going to happen. I think that Kurt Angle is going to make it clear to Braun on Raw 
that he was not part of that match, that his win is nullified, that he'll obviously go off and kick off shit and go and beat up people. I still think he's going to be added to the main event and going to make it a triple threat with Roman and Brock at Mania. But if Angle starts talking shit to Stroman, we know what happens. They have an unspoken bond. We talked yeah, about this before. It's fucked up. It's great. It's a win-win. Somebody's <laughs> going to die. Somebody's ambulance is not making it home that night. <laughs> but see, that makes more sense. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think logically in terms of how they would book it. I'm not trying to think, okay, that would be a great spectacle for one night only. WWE don't yeah. do great spectacles for one night only unless meningitis is involved. Ooh. Oh. Well, uh, well, yeah. That's, not even, that's not even allegedly. That happened. Definitively. <laughs> <laughs> but you see where I'm coming from. Thank you, Jojo. Yeah. No. Like, I, I still want to see the bar have an open challenge at WrestleMania and for someone to come out. It's primed. Like, if they could strike a deal with the Young Bucks, that would be fantastic. I don't see it happening, to be honest with you. No. But it leaves the door wide open for a tag team to come up from NXT. OAP. You know, I call them that from now on. It's funny. <laughs> because they're so young. Um, Undisputed era. Or you could... Well, Bobby Fish is injured, so... Yeah, not the other two. Yeah, it wouldn't have the same impact, I think. Look, anyway, we'll move on from this. We could talk yeah. about this all day. But uh, let's talk about Big Promo John. So uh, we all know what's going to happen here. They've already told us again what's going to happen, but they're dragging it out. And if you hear my intro, you'll see me talk about that, about insulting people's intelligence. But Cena says he's, you know, he's lost another chance at Fastlane. He says he's no excuses. He had every opportunity. Uh, he's for some reason got into the crowd and had an old sip of a pinting. Which was quite cool. That's cute. <laughs> I remember my first beer. Right, <laughs> <laughs> let's go Roman chant, which I thought was a great touch. <laughs> uh, the Undertaker chant starts. He gets back in and, you know, suits those stooges up in the office. Don't want him to do this, but he challenges the Undertaker to a match at WrestleMania. The place goes fucking crazy. Um, I don't know why, because I don't know. I don't want to see this. In any way, shape, or form, as we said a hundred times, the only way I'd accept it is if it's you know the the big evil or the American badass version because they've killed the dead man character. It's a perfect way to end it, but I'd not spend any more time on that. Uh, he says the Undertaker is the reason it can't happen. So he says he tells the Undertaker to get over his own ego and the whole thing. He becomes Superman then. When he fails, he gets back up, puts a smile on his face and goes back to work. When Taker fails, he hides in his head in the sand and doesn't want to come back and blah, 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 blah. So he mentioned then, he's like, he's not too old. He's not washed up or broken down. If he was, he wouldn't be posting workout videos on his wife's Instagram. <laughs> I thought that was fucking brilliant. I lost my shit. Yeah, that was very good. Uh, so he's saying the only person that's stopping it from happening is the taker and calls him a self-centered, conceited egomaniac. I was like, ooh, pissing off the dead man like that. It's getting a little bit too close to the bone. Mm. But uh, if he said if he takes feeding his own ego, he'll make it happen. And he asked the crowd if they want. <laughs> it's like, do you want to see the Undertaker kick my ass and tombstone me at WrestleMania? Huge yes chance. And yeah, so that's happening. We already knew it was going to happen. So... Let's, the ball is in your court, dead man. Let's see if you're still alive. Is how he ended it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it for the reasons we've already mentioned about the character, or just in general. Did they they needed a way to retire Undertaker for the last five six years, and they pretty much had the perfect send off last year. 
there is no need to bring him back for one more match. He, whether he can go or he can't go anymore, it's quite irrelevant. His character was perfectly retired. Big match John can find someone else to have a match with, make someone a star, you know, take the shovel to himself for once. But Braun. Elias. Elias is what I'm thinking of. Elias is it's, it's already made up. It's Either still one, right there. Either one. Yeah. yeah. Either one. Exactly. They already have Elias there. That they, they've had a little bit of a pass. So they had it with Balor. They had the whole thing of Balor giving them the fucking evils during the Survivor Series match. Cena eliminating from the Rumble. Uh didn't he eliminate or like you could have had him eliminate him in the fucking chamber match as well. How many times has Cena cost him different things? And it could have been Balor being that guy. But but this is another thing we talked about earlier is, is their short-term booking. They set up so many little small storylines over the last four months in lieu of actually having proper long-term booking for everyone for the card. Like they had one match made for WrestleMania, what, 10 months ago. And that was it. They had Roman going over against Brock to take the belt. That's all they had in mind. Suddenly, December comes around. We're like, oh, shit, I suppose we better book the rest of the card now. And all of a sudden, they're putting people together and saying, oh, yeah, that could work. That could work. We'll tease that. We'll tease this. And now we're into the second week of March, and we still have one of the biggest stars without a confirmed match against someone that we don't want him to see have a match with. He has no path, Steve. No, Pat. Did you not see no, the junction Pat. I posted on the Twitter? He has all them roads and none of them lead to WrestleMania. Malfunction at the junction. And he said uh, he will not contribute. No. I I, I don't know. I, really, I don't want it to happen either. And it's because of a mixture of everything. Like, the character is perfect. Retired the way he was. It's mm-hmm. done. I'm also looking at that match back last year and... I know Roman, we're not, I'm not a massive fan of him in the ring anyway, but he's always been on a solid match. Mm-hmm. That match last year was not good. No. For the, for the idea of what it was, it was a, the concept of it at the moment of it was good, but the match itself was so bad. Uh, and I yeah. don't want to see that again. <clears throat> I think when it comes to them sort of matches, I think Roman is actually slightly better at carrying them sort of matches than the Cena would be. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be worse than what we saw last year, which isn't to be, good. To be fair to Taker, he, he's had his hip surgery and everything. He was in bad shape the last time. Bad. Yeah. So bad. hopefully, but at the same time, does he want to risk damage in that? But I think it's it suited the story that he was beat up the last time as well. Because yeah. it was, you know, the new guy putting down, putting down the, uh, the old gunslinger or whatever. Yeah. But. Taking him out the back, old yeller at him. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I did find, it, uh, I, I actually kind of said, well, I don't know about this, was when he turned around and mentioned Tombstone in him. Considering the... Louisiana Athletic State Commission uh, have said <laughs> that there's going to be no pile drivers, which also led me into one of my big theories that it's definitely going to be uh, fucking American badass taker because he finished people with the last ride. Last ride, but the thing is, if they want to do something, the, do the State Athletic Commission are not going to fucking say anything. They're going to in 40, 50 million into the local economy. Uh, at least, they reckon 50 plus, and that's only with stuff that they can actually record for first time. Yeah, so the mayor of New Orleans will tell them to go fuck themselves. They'll do what they want. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Tell me, is there a swerve here? Is there anything other than a Cena Taker match? Rey Mysterio is the only one, and he's cleared again. He's fine. The injury wasn't as bad. <laughs> Jesus unless, Christ! Do you really Liger, want Mysterio to get unless, again? Unless Liger fucks him up something fierce <laughs> on in Long Beach, but could happen. I don't know. Oh, you don't want, like poor Mysterio. He's only after coming back and getting cheered. You're going to put him in a situation where people are expecting Taker. Next thing, his music hits. He's going to get booed out of the fucking building again. 
it's number 30 in the rumble all over again and to be mm. fair i'm not a big ray mysterio fan i no. made that quite clear before but i would happily take a mysterio cena match before a taker cena match depends on what kind of shape takers in but i don't want it but we're going to get it so we might as well start accepting it no dead man just no dead man please i refuse to accept your reality just they just can they not leave it like it's perfect they finally did something really well everything about that was perfect from the match to the the finish to it to the fucking the, the coat and all that and jr just they can't help themselves yep anyway fuck I this I moving on moving on moving okay. on done okay. done done yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh gordo have you got the script there in front of you i have let's see we're, we're coming to this number five your, uh, your, <laughs> your lady friend giggity 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 so, giggity before right. we get into it how are you feeling about this <sighs> should not i fat shaming is wrong i think she's beautiful uh alexa bliss can go fuck off that fucking tramp Ooh, <laughs> uh, <gushing> hot take. <laughs> Uh, no, I will say, and I, I said it in the review, I actually thought this whole thing, while I'm not a fan of someone who previously suffered from an eating disorder, fetch uh, the whole thing of talking about being fat and everything, I, I didn't like that. I do still think it's better than some of the racist shit they've done with the whole, oh, your English isn't good, and oh, I'll talk slowly for you. They're, they're trying to nearly get shock value with shit sometimes, which they can go fuck themselves for. But... Uh, Everyone in this actually, I thought, came across really well. Everyone actually played a really good part in it. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Batista angle during his Mania run, where he was having the the whole stuff for himself, Triple H and Ric Flair, and he was seeing Triple H and Flair were in the dressing room talking about how you know, oh, don't worry, when when the time comes, Dave will do the right thing, and he's standing right outside the door. It's the same sort of thing, but yeah, obviously she saw it on the screen. Um, and Charlie Caruso getting involved in the storyline. What the fuck? Yeah. It's what weird. Uh, I don't know. They're getting genuine sympathy for her anyway. So. <sighs> it's one way of doing it for Blayton. The thing froze on me there. Did you cover what happened? <laughs> uh, I didn't cover what happened. I kind of just went through. Uh, well, uh, I kind of went through how well they all done. Well, we also, but basically, a long story short, Alexa interrupts Asuka, does the whole racist thing, blah, blah, blah. She goes to call for Naya for backup, but she's not there because Naya, Kurt had told Naya that she has a match. So she comes out and squashes this uh, local enhancement talent, killed her, killed her dead. Uh, sweet, sweet death, I call it. But uh, the Tron shows Alexa and Mickey James backstage waiting for their uh, staged interview. The camera was left on. They didn't realize it was being broadcast. Surely, you know, Kevin Dunn should just pray, oh, wait, someone might be offended by this or get their feelings hurt. We better turn this off the screen. He's busy eating his corn on the cob. <laughs> but yeah they basically Alexa ran her down uh, to kind of the girls is bitching basically uh, says so she's a vulnerable human being and she's using her she's like Shrek walking through TSA been a loser all her life and made irrelevant all that sort of shit and Charlie comes out as you said and actually had some involvement in a storyline and said uh, no that actually went out uh, we, we heard everything and then now he's looking all upset Walks halfway through up the ramp, but then snaps <laughs> and just goes charging backstage and fucks everything up. Somebody's luggage was uh, badly, badly, badly beaten up there backstage. That's cheap, <laughs> just... That's cheap fucking luggage. <laughs> they're making good money. Like they're buying out there with Dunn Stores luggage. Like, <laughs> but uh, 
that's the sort of shit I buy, you know. <laughs> yeah, so basically, I, I've actually liked it. I think it's kind of cool. Um, they're they're hitting on like I was actually watching it, going, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're saying these things about this poor woman." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hate her. <laughs> yeah, and like don't get me wrong, the fact the fact that obviously knowing the two of them are good fucking mates and everything as well, yeah. it's like it lessens it. But at the same time, the fact that that's the extent they need to go to to actually get this woman over, it's like come on. Yeah. But ah, you know what? Fuck it. She's gonna get her moment at Mania because inevitably this is gonna be a title match. They might make it a triple threat and throw Mickey in there as well. God only fucking knows. Uh, More of them new triple threat matches. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, get it, you can't have a one-on-one match on WrestleMania, can you? No, what's the point? Yeah, well, no point. That's someone missing out on a payday. So <laughs> Yeah, it's because they have like 900 people under contract. They need to start the fucking... The, the bus flip has to happen sooner or later. I'm sorry, do you really need Kurt Hawkins. Yes. You do it for the certain things, but you, there's a lot of people there like, what are you going to do when all these people start coming through now? There's a whole new batch ready to come up. Yep. What happens? I hate to say it about Zack Ryder. You know, I, I love the guy and I don't think he ever got a fair shake. But, you know, there's guys there like Zack Ryder doing nothing. And they're paying them. I suppose for live events, they're working live events and stuff. Four hour rows. Get uh, fucked. <laughs> there has to be a point where people start, you know, they have to start falling off the top now soon because there's too many. There's way too many people under contract. Yeah. And the problem is there's just way too many people who don't have the talent to be where they are. Yeah. And this is kind of going back to what Gordon literally just said there about this is the only way they can get Nia Jax over. Um, she doesn't have the talent required to be at the position she's in. And I mean Great. that in the nicest possible way. You know, like you see a person like Piper Nevin who competed at the May Young Classic a larger lady who had 10 times the wrestling ability and character development that Nia Jax had. And we only got to see that in what, two matches in the yep. Mae Young Classic. So this opinion isn't coming from any sort of uh, a visual standpoint at all. I couldn't care less if they are large, small in, or anywhere in between. You look at Kevin Owens, for example, a man after my own heart and a, and a belly similar to my own. He's just, <laughs> phenomenal in the ring and how he carries himself you know if you're a big person okay be a big person you know use your strength but make it convincing you know that woman just can't wrestle and this she, whole storyline we this said whole it a hundred times but that leg drop is dangerous at this point yep. she doesn't she cannot do the move you just take it away from her she breaks someone's nose she did hit the people's elbow this week Oh, God. Well, that was the yeah. point I wanted to mention about Piper Niven. It was like, that's all fine and well, but is she related to the rock stick? <laughs> so give me Piper Nevin yeah, against Tony yeah. Storm. Yeah. But um, no, like the, the my biggest problem with this whole storyline, it, it, it stinks of the whole Piggy James scenario that they had a few years ago. Uh, and they don't need to do it. That's the that's my biggest annoyance. You know, you can you can have someone be a bad person without being a dick. You know, and ultimately this storyline is probably going to hit home to a lot of people who would have issues like this. But that's you why know, it's working. That's the way I, I genuinely felt bad for her. You know, like, I mean, it's not often you're sitting there and I was actually, I couldn't take my eyes off going, this is horrible. This is, like, this is yeah. great. I, I loved it. Like, I really, I genuinely loved it. I know this. I'm surprised there wasn't more backlash. I, I I liked it, but as someone who essentially had someone call me a fat cunt in town a couple of uh, remember six eight months ago, and I legit took off after after him down the fucking street. <laughs> so uh, 
Yeah. Um, it hit home, but to the same point where I'm like, yeah, I, I would legit just fucking rain down sweet fucking murder on the bitch. So it works. Well, that, that, that's the flip side of it, I suppose, is, is life imitating art or is art imitating life here? You know, it, it is a real life issue that people do suffer from and deal with on a day-to-day basis. So on that ground, is it okay to use it as part of a storyline? Where do you draw the line? What else do you kind of use as part of storylines? WWE have been very aggressive in terms of the storylines they've used in the past. Uh, for Middle Eastern stars being almost terrorist-like characters on screen. Hassan, I'll say no more. <laughs> you know, so they're not strangers to having contentious storylines. I'll put it that way. But I just think that they, they're, they're going about it the wrong way. You know, if you want to get Nia Jax over, you know, write her a storyline that suits her character and wrestling abilities. The problem is she doesn't have any wrestling abilities or a strong character. So, you know, you're, you're trying to flog a dead horse here uh, and make us like someone that we can't like because we can not relate to them as a good performer in the ring. I'm her biggest critic and have been for a long time. <clears throat> and I'm, I feel genuinely, genuine sympathy for her here. Oh, yeah. It's working. I think it, it's one of the best builds they have going on at the moment. Because you're just like, oh my God, this is horrible. That poor, poor woman. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. And how long we talked about Nia Jax here? Yeah, but... Not the, long the, enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, and I'll finish on this, and I, I know we're, we're going over a bit, but I, I, I'm trying to look long-term and book long-term. Okay, so you're having your, your angle here now where, where you're feeling sympathy for her, and rightfully so. It is a hard watch. But let's just say they have a singles match at WrestleMania. And if they do, there's no conceivable way she doesn't win the belt there. Then what? You know, you suddenly have her as champion, a face champion. And then what? You know, you need to think, okay, well, three, four months down the line, we can't just do this angle again to keep her over. You know, then people are going to start looking at her wrestling ability again and say, Jesus, she's a fucking shit wrestler, you know. And that's unfair to her, too, because you're putting her in a position where she's expected to perform at a level she's not capable of performing at. And that's yeah. what generates heat against her more. Yep. So, you know, you're not doing her any favors by doing this either. Yep. And I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. Um, so we'll pick everyone back up. That got awful, uh, <laughs> awful dark and, you know, it was very serious. <sighs> I've had a shit day in work. It's all coming awesome. out now. So <laughs> one of them let's, let's, just, let's just move on and talk about Everyone's definite favorite subject here tonight, the ultimate deletion. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a bit the video packages there, the teaser. Uh it has all the lads, as I said. So you've got Rebby, you've got even got Lord Wolfgang is in there, King Max mm-hmm. and the senior Benjamin, Vanguard one, and the teaser of Skarsgard, the dilapidated boat, as well as the Lake of Reincarnation. All did, the lads are in. Did you see I think it was the tweet by Rebby during the week? about how King Maxwell had to go work his way up from the Indies to get on uh, live TV and Wolfgang <laughs> <laughs> goes straight to the Raw. <laughs> yeah, Wolfgang won, Maxwell zero. Yeah. yeah then another one she posted, like they had a, a, an account for King Maxwell that just says, pay your dues, kid. <laughs> um, okay, I'm fully back in on this feud again now because of oh, this. But I, I think what the idea is that he deletes uh, Sister Abigail from the vessel that is Bray Wyatt, and then we have a new Bray Wyatt character. 
But the best part of all of this, <laughs> IRS. Well, we leave it what we said last week, and not Tim dressed as IRS. IRS comes <laughs> out, actual dad comes out of the naked reincarnation. Um, but the best part of all this is great to see everything and all the shots mixed with old footage as well. I noticed. Yeah, uh, so definitely yeah. bought the the, uh, the broken universe from TNA, the tape library version. Anywhere, whatever. Yeah. But it comes back, and Kurt is just incredulous. He's like, "What has happened here? What?" And he just goes. I knew Bray was crazy. Well, what the heck happened to Matt Hardy? The crowd <laughs> loses its mind. It was brilliant. But then uh, a licensed official appears and Garrett uh, tells him that he has to go to the Hardy compound because he needs them back in one piece. And the ref just goes, did I do something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so this is definitely outside of the night he played with the goldfish, played chess with the goldfish that time. This is the best night for the, the Woken Hardy. Yeah, so far. Uh, completely. Uh, did you see he put out a tweet as well saying uh, he in preparation he's gone and uh, spent time with his great mentor, George Washington. Yes. Giraffe. Yes. <laughs> I love George Washington. The president and the giraffe. Well, who was the... Oh, was Abraham Lincoln the kangaroo? Uh, no, uh, that was... Uh, uh, what, oh, Smoking smoke, Joe. Smoking Joe, yeah. Smoking Joe Fraser, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love did it. Like, did you I like don't tease it out. To uh, explain things to Cole on commentary as well. Yeah, yeah, that was quality. It's, uh, <laughs> I just I want him to call the ref when he gets there. The licensed official. Are you I just license? thought it was. <laughs> I think that that was a nice little callback to your man driving up for the first final deletion going, "What the hell is this? <laughs> is he going to play the violin? Yeah, oh, I played this violin. I got from my good friend Stradivarius. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the weird thing, you know, the lobster bisque thing. Yeah. I've been watching clips of you know that Gordon Ramsay show where he just goes and shouts at people in restaurants. It was like <laughs> you know he goes to other people's restaurants, criticizes their food, and then sacks them. It's a fantastic <laughs> show. But uh, one of them they'd served up lobster lobster bisque, and then I immediately just as a just sort of a reflect thing just went, oh, wonderful lobster bisque. <laughs> I can't even look at the words anymore without saying it. Green beans and everything. Oh, uh, Matt had green beans. He was having his uh, his preparation dinner. He said he's stocking up on the delicacy that are green beans. Oh, <gasps> fantastic. Oh, look, just as we, uh, we've said this a hundred times, go balls into this one. Don't tease any of this out. I want, and when, because they've confirmed, well, it's been confirmed that Jeff is in this. He does make a cameo. So you have to you have to have the whole thing where brother nero says and bray has him and he's going to kill him or throw him somewhere and then brother nero appears and you have brother mm-hmm. nero i knew you'd come it's going to be great lads and Rebby hardy on wwe tv with a live microphone i will pay for raw every week for that because mm-hmm. god lord knows what she's going to come out with Rebby hardy is going to be in the same building as jeff jarrett at wrestlemania <laughs> oh my god the fireworks <laughs> <laughs> shit meat fan Yes, uh, yes, um, uh, it's going to be so good at the end of the day the whole podcast next week is pretty much going to be dedicated to this is this this is on next week so next yeah week. I'm putting in the topic number one is ultimate deletion and then we'll see after that if we've been <laughs> <out>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious like if, if this runs half an hour which I don't think they'll do but I think we can break this down fuck the podcast next week we'll just do a live watch along of the ultimate deletion <laughs> <laughs> And I hope oh, they should do it too. They should have Vince come and just enter it. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to the ultimate delicious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll move the, on. Well, I was going to say, if they're actually struggling, if we're going to try out the Strowman result, do you think that to crown new tag champs, they could have another tag team apocalypto? Oh, fucking fantastic. I love it. And have <laughs> other matches 
just have it an hour long a network special have the other matches announced for a future pay-per-view happen in fields around them like they did with Bobby Lashley and your man that time yeah. <laughs> world title match happening just in the background <laughs> the boys just beating the fuck out of each other trying to bury each other in a fucking pit oh, of fire and there's fires everywhere so good. I'm going to watch that later fantastic <laughs> We'll move on, uh, kind of the SmackDown portion of the, the. Some of these will be very quick, so yeah, they will give plenty of time to to talk about WrestleMania 14 after this. Um, AJ Nakamura is one we. So AJ had come through uh, the six man, nineteen man elimination, whatever it was at Fastlane, and he retained the title. Uh, so we had AJ to do, doing a promo to start SmackDown. Nakamura comes out and tells him he's going to win, basically. Uh, Rusev and English come out, and we had a good that led to a match, and we had a good match between AJ and Rusev. Actually, that super kick was, or what's he called, a matchka kick, yeah, was uh, quite cool. But um, AJ locks in the ca- the calf crusher, but English attacks, and I thought, as I said to you, Steve, during the, during the week, they didn't have to beat either guy here, and I like the finish where mm-hmm. no guy lost here. It went for a DQ. Perfect. Uh, Nakamura was watching at ringside, and I like. Did you see the gif going around when you know Nakamura when he gets up off the chair? He wasn't sure if she'd help him or if, or if he shouldn't. It's a gif of Nakamura just getting up and sitting down from a chair over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I love the internet. I smell a tag team match next week, lads. Call me crazy, but I think it's going to be uh, Rusev Day versus Nakamura and AJ, and we build the tension from within. Either that, or he's going one on one with the Undertaker. Holla, 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 holla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a tag team match next week. Um, player, player. Yeah. Look, it, this is—I don't care if these guys never talk for the next three weeks, and they we just have the match. It doesn't look. I'm all about having heat in a match, and there's nothing worse than like, like that fucking Carmella situation last week. There's nothing worse than a match with no heat, no involvement, nothing. But this thing writes itself. AJ, Nak- AJ and Nakamura. Let's not just. I don't want them to go down the fucking stupid route of one of them turning heel for no reason. Let's just keep the whole thing. I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania, knee to the face, and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. That backstage segment looked like they're going that way though. The whole thing yeah. of AJ, I didn't need your help out there. I didn't need your help to win to keep the title, and I didn't need it tonight. And then Shinsuke, ah, it looks like you did. Mm. As you said, it doesn't fucking need it. Just leave yeah. him go out and have a match. Yep. I'm just worried that they're. I'm worried that they're worried that the casual fans won't get this. <sighs> that fuck him. That thank you, Gordo. I've been saying that for years. I don't give a fuck about the casual fans I know they do but like give us one what all we're asking is that one match and we got it I'm surprised we did and well no we've three weeks left I remember I put that tweet up on the account going waking up after after Fastlane realising we're definitely getting AJ versus Nakamura and then spend and then worrying for the next four weeks about how they're going to change it yeah but see that's the thing you said there is like you know casual fans get invested because of good storylines yes if you dilute the storylines down to attract casual fans, casual fans don't actually buy into it. Yep. You know, they buy into the, oh shit, that's what's going on? Now I gotta watch it. Yeah. Whereas if you're watching, it's like, oh, he's a good guy, he's a bad guy. Oh, okay, I get you now. At the end oh, of the day... You have just walked straight into my intro again tonight. This, I swear <laughs> I have not planned for it. Oh my God. Well, I'm just giving I... you fucking ideas all over the place. Like you, you've literally done nothing all week, and now you've got. Oh, I've got five ideas for intros already. Don't worry, when we go off the air, I will play it for you. And that's it. it's <laughs> <all done. laughs> 
<laughs> like at, at the end of the day, there's something we brought up. I think it was last week when we when we originally talked about the whole thing of the uh, the Bucks possibly answering the challenge and the whole thing around how New Japan basically don't give a shit. I'm pretty sure if they put in a call to New Japan, they'd be able to get stills or even small clips of the fucking match they had from Wrestle Kingdom at the time. You flush up that with a credit in the bottom saying credit new, uh, njpwworld.com. Mm-hmm. And they have taken stuff from them already. Exactly. And that's all it takes is get that, put up a clip of it or one or two stills of it in a video package for it next week. Or even have AJ come out and cut a promo and flash it up on the screen during it. That automatically gets casual fans to say, okay, there's a history here. Yeah. I do, and you you build you just build it. You go Nakamura is this fucking freight train of a striker. Is you know his yep. his punches are like fucking sledgehammers. His kicks are like trucks. Whatever you want to call it. And AJ is the best wrestler, and he's a high flyer. You know you, you know that kind of way. It's easy done. Yeah. Um. I I'm going to kill somebody if they have a match the night before the, on the SmackDown. <laughs> before I'm going to kill someone. Please, just please, please do not. I do nominate that. Can, it, can it be Road Dog? <laughs> like if 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 they have a match that I'm not watching SmackDown that week, and I'm just going to go into WrestleMania not knowing what happened because I don't want to know. At the end, of the, and I I know he's not here, so I'm actually going to do him a favor on this. If SmackDown starts that week and then a match is announced between them, Nikki should not review it. Okay. He should turn off the show. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck anyway, them. Can't can't do on. it. Uh, we'll move on to um, Uso Day. Or Newsos, whichever way you want to call it. Hey, so after uh, oh. after Bludgeon Brothers had laid out uh, all of the Usos and New Day at Fastlane, Big E and whichever Uso, Jimmy, I think it was, Jimmy. Uh, they are the only survivors of it, the only ones uh, still fit to compete. Uh, so they team up against 2B. Uh, good match, actually, uh, but end up in a Bludgeon Brothers beatdown after the match. Which is kind of cool seeing uh, Big E and Jimmy Uso together two kind of best tag teams on SmackDown, if not uh, the world. <laughs> it was kind of cool seeing them team up a little bit together. Something different. Yeah, complete change of pace. Um, although I, I take offense from your you're saying that they're the best tag teams in the world because everyone knows that that's Slater and Rhino. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, it was good. And again, the promo backstage uh, with the Dash About 5000 was actually pretty good as well. Where. Yeah. Big E, who has been on fire on the mic lately. Yep. Uh, you put a mic in front of that man at the moment, he could do no wrong. But uh, he done the whole spiel about how, you know, they, they got my brothers, uh, them, them guys will come back. But till then, uh, essentially, I'm representing Solo or whatever. And then Jimmy comes in and says, hey, they got mine too. And it was to set up that whole, the enemy and my enemy is my friend kind of thing. And it was, the whole feel of it was actually really good. It was a really, it was a simple setup, but a nice setup. And that fucking shot from, the WrestleMania sign side of it, looking up towards the ramp, where you have the two boys with you see the back of the two boys holding their chairs and the two Bludgeon Brothers facing them with their plastic sledgehammers. Yeah. Uh, I thought that shot was fantastic, but yeah. uh, as uh, was it was it Johnny said on Twitter about the the whole thing of uh, Matt, I've been hit with a man in the chair. <laughs> I fucking I only saw that last night and I fucking I lost it. Uh, legend of Legend of a Man. But, <laughs> but yeah, just that, that whole that whole scene and the, and the whole thing of it. And again, we know it's probably going to be a triple threat match. But uh, as I said in the IC title thing earlier, it's between the IC title match and this. I think for match at night. Um, before we move on from this segment, uh, we had 
Xavier Woods with the cell of a lifetime at Fastlane where he got oh. thrown down on the steps and he started shaking and he's in convulsions. I don't uh, know if that was a cell or that was... Lit- oh, no. It was. Did you see uh, the tweet he put up with Mike Tyson? No. It was like, a, it was after Mike Tyson. Oh, like, yes. Sorry. Or whatever, and it's <laughs> like, I broke my back. I was like, what do you mean you broke your back? <laughs> it's spinal. <laughs> it's just like, it was your vertebrae. It's, it's my back. It's spinal. Uh, <laughs> that looked so, nasty. Yeah. Uh, we might have a rapid fire round here, lads, because there's not much else worth talking about here. Asuka and Charlotte. Uh, my one thing, I, I don't know if you're not going to like this statement, but Asuka shouldn't speak. Uh, we all agree. Yep. And Charlotte isn't strong enough to carry a promo. Yep. By herself. And Asuka can't talk. Why was this allowed to happen? Uh, but anyway, we had the whole thing. Charlotte says she was hoping Asuka would pick her. We got the big money match. Uh, the Empress versus the Queen. Asuka bows to nobody because New Day rocks. Would, would you have gone and it's, it's money shooting up the top of my head here just when you said Charlotte can't carry this. Would you have gone with Asuka's music hit mid-match at Fastlane. She fucking lays out to two of them, both Ruby and Charlotte, and we have a triple threat at Mania. Because at least nah. then you have... But at least then you'd have Ruby in the picture because she she can carry this on the mic more than Charlotte can. Mm, true, but no more triple threat. No, 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 I know. If you want your, your marquee match, I know. But yeah. if every match wasn't a triple threat, yeah, no, I still wouldn't. I just she, she don't need to talk. Charlotte's okay, but I mean she's not the best on on the mic, and it's going to be a struggle for anyone to have to build a match with Asuka the way they want to build matches. Yeah. It's funny how it worked in NXT, no problem. They didn't have any issues in NXT with building matches for nope. Asuka. You had her and an Ember Moon who could barely talk at the time. Now she's come along a good bit since, but she could not talk when they were doing their feud. And I was fired up for every one of those matches before yep. they happened. Actually, as well, she's actually doing a good job in the Baszler feud, just yeah. to see how people should be building matches into Mania <laughs> Weekend. That feud is actually going pretty well. I had an amazing. <laughs> I listened to Wrestling Soup. It's the world's best podcast, by the way. Listen to Wrestling Soup. After we're, we're, uh, we're second best, so listen to us first, oh, and then listen to theirs to see the only one that's better than us. We're we're far down the list, lads. But, Shut uh, up. <laughs> um, Joey Numbers he describes uh, Shane Baszler as Sharon Corbin. I need to fucking write that down. I need to, I need to tell Paddy <laughs> this after. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we'll move on. Another quick rapid fire thing. Uh, Orton, this was during the segment. Orton's music hit, and we thought, oh shit, Orton is challenging for the women's championship. He's got the taste for gold now. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> the only title he has in hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he kind of says the fact that um, he's never been the US champ and he's made a very unique list. Uh, the only list that matters, he says, not the SmackDown top the 10. Is, the list is But also the Grand Slam list. Or the, oh. Yeah, the Grand Slam list. Uh, so yeah that's whole they've buried that list already so Rude appears and he wants to invoke his rematch clause at Mania and this is what I said this is the perfect example of why this this storyline device they use needs to be scrapped this rematch clause shit has to go Jinder uh, versus Rude happens with Orton at ringside so basically musical chairs from last week and I wonder what's going to happen next week just to move the chairs to the left again and it'll be somebody else in the chair <laughs> Jinder wins the match Orton comes in RKO out of nowhere Meh. let's not spend much time on this do you have anything to add to what I said? Uh, I didn't see any of this so this is the first time I'm hearing about half of it because I'm not lying about what I put in my review I legit went out and put out the bins yeah as soon as the go. match started um, mm-hmm. and my exact thoughts were I turned to Paddy and said Jesus this match is rubbish actually shit hang on it's Tuesday hang on I better go put out the fucking bins <laughs> so I put out the laptop put out the bin 
<laughs> that is legit word for word how it went down. Steve, anything to add before we move on to the main event? Nope, this is going to be on the pre-show, and to steal your catchphrase, fuck the pre-show. Yep. Uh, I still, I think it will be main card, unfortunately. Um, Add Corbin to it. Uh, anyway. we, have to, we have to stop making every match triple threat. There's going to be four ways. That's <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. What about Ruru? Uh, I he's think, he's I think the that, yeah, what they'll about, use Rusev after Mania. I think that's, what about Ziggler? It's come a bit too late. Be said, he'll on. be first person out of the Battle Royal. The more time we spend talking about Orton and Rude, the less time we have for WrestleMania right. 14. <laughs> yeah, we have Takamichinoko um, and Agriela to talk about here. That's a good match. <laughs> uh, the Sammy, KO and Shane McMahon storyline that will never end seemed to have a bit of a turn this week. It's actually quite interesting. I don't know. Don't know about you. We'll see in a minute. Um, we did an interview earlier in the night where Sammy blames Shane and KO for the loss. Uh, Owens has a similar interview later in the night where he blames Shane and Sammy. And he had a great little point where he said he asked why we needed to uh, we needed Shane at ringside. McMahon's always looking for attention, so this was where Kevin had super kicked uh, Shane McMahon at Fastlane, and Fastlane and Shane had ended up costing Sammy and Kevin the title with you know mm-hmm. the had the three count whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get a recording of Kira's reaction to Sammy Zayn being a hair away from being the WWE champion, oh. but she hasn't been around much, so it might be on next week's show when I show it to her. She should have had the lady flutters for that. Oh, will you stop? She's going to kill someone. I'm afraid. I'm going to get her when she's in a really good mood. Maybe before I show it to her. So Steve is going to lock himself in like the coal mine. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just going to pause it and go, and he won the championship. (laughs) Sammy died on his way back to his home planet. (laughs) (laughs) And then they closed the WWE forever. Sammy became the champion. No more wrestling. (laughs) So Shane makes his... uh, WrestleMania announcement. Uh, I wonder where this was going. So we have Sammy versus Kevin at WrestleMania. And as I said to you, Steve, during the week um, at our important business lunch, that uh, it's. I'm glad that Sammy and Kevin are getting a WrestleMania match. Not that I want to see another Sammy and Kevin match, but I'm glad it's be at Wrestle. It's going to be at WrestleMania, and they can ball to the wall for this. I'm sure this but, is something they wanted all their careers. So I'm happy for the actual guys here. But you know, that's not cool. actually going to be the match. Let's get to that. So we Shane makes his dance when then Kevin Owen comes out. Um and he agrees with Shane leaving. He wishes him all the best in his future endeavors, which I thought was fantastic. Oh. Uh, Sammy comes out and then whatever way it happens, Sammy and Kevin team up and attack Shane. Uh they start to even use their finishers together, you know, the setup for their finishers, the Haluva kick and the pop-up power bomb. They fed into each other's finishers. Uh, Kevin even takes out the refs and then they did the chair spot or the chair around the neck at the ring post mm-hmm. on Shane. So they actually physically dragged Shane the hole to the back and they power bombed him on the crates. And Shane, as I said to you, Steve, do you remember when you were playing football when you were younger and you got winded and you thought you were going to die? Like it was so horrible getting winded. I remember. Get imagine that at 45. <laughs> it's like I'm 30. <laughs> I'm 32 now. I can't imagine being winded. I'd actually be convinced I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> So they kind of said, we're the good guys here. Uh, let's go home. We're going to miss you. And the, the double power bomb. And Mike Chioda uh, makes the save. You're going to make it, Shane. And Shane is wheezing. I actually felt so. I, at first, I thought he was selling really well. But you could tell he was he was winded. He was coughing mm-hmm. big time. That was a cool ending to it. Uh, Shane's written off and Daniel runs it solo next mm-hmm. week. Shane has confirmed he's stepping down as commissioner for the foreseeable future. It's interesting. Yes. Uh, I'm sure you're pumped about that, Steve. 
Um, yes, if that's what it actually is, but we all know it's not going to be that. This yeah. match is going to either be a triple threat match at Mania, which confuses the hell out of me as to why they'd want to do that, or it'll end up being a tag team match with Kevin and Sammy versus Shane and a and other. I, do. <laughs> I, just want, I just want Sammy and Kevin. I think that'd be a great match. Forget about whatever story going into it. I, I want to see that match at WrestleMania. I think they'd do some cool shit. Mm. And then afterwards, one of them goes to Raw. And they break up forever, and we never have to see them again together. Okay, but I like just for like him, though. Oh, but for a while, they need to be away from each other. They need to be away from each other. I think. Is have there anything you split with its heart? Um, the one thing I meant to mention earlier when we were talking more about the raw stuff, and I forgot to put it on here, Bailey and Sasha. Did you see? Mm. Uh, why was Bailey coming out with her arms folded to ringside to assist Sasha if she's thick with her? Repaying the favor. Essentially yeah. doing the bare minimum and repaying the favor. Okay. Debt. But Fair enough. she didn't really repay the favor considering Sasha still got the shit kicked out of her. Yes, sir. And they won't even let Paige stomp now. See that? She was going to... Oh, her yeah. her, her, her in- instincts were to go stomp while Sasha was on the ground. You could see her pull back. Yeah. Mm. Poor Paige. Uh, overall, what you make of the week we had? It was, SmackDown was definitely way better than it has been the last few weeks. That's not fucking saying much. You could have no. me and Fitz wrestle each other for an hour and a half and it'd be fucking better than SmackDown's been for the last couple of fucking weeks. Jeez, I don't uh, know about that. <laughs> ah, I don't know. I'm sure you do a good... Don't think I could carry you for that long. Ah, At least there'd off. be a nice little build to it, you know, to be a bit of heat in the match. But... Ah, we, have, we, have, we have like a, a decade of fucking hatred built up now. Like, well, his <laughs> hatred towards me built up. Gordo, uh, hey, Gordo, get fucked. Ah, fucking do one. <laughs> See, that, that, that's a better build than Charlotte and Asuka. <laughs> you talk too much. Yeah. Nobody's so, ready for Gordo. Leave it there. I think Gordo, you, are you doing? Are we doing Nikki's Irish wrestling part, or are we leaving it for this week? Uh, we'll do it. We... We'll do it in memory of Nikki. Um, uh, we do it. Uh, we'll do a quick version because we've got many of fourteen to get to. Oh no, this will be a quick fire one. Just quickly going to run through. We, it's not a huge amount of news. It's more just updates on some of the cards that we have coming up. Um, you have to introduce it like like Nikki does. I don't know. Get to it. No, no, no. Yeah, do it. Yeah, Gordo. Jesus. So next up we Such have the. Amateur. Fuck off, Fitz. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm fucking trying here. Right. See, this, this is why you wouldn't beat me in a wrestling match. <laughs> why? Because I spend more time wrestling than less time on how to talk on a podcast. Yes. Deal with it. <laughs> um, right. So when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. Uh, <laughs> boo, so, Gordo. Boo. Booah, fuck off. <laughs> so <laughs> up next we have the Irish Wrestling Roundup. Yay! You did it. <laughs> <laughs> Even did it like Nikki. <laughs> hand clap, uh, anyway, hand clap. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, so uh, this weekend on the 18th, we're going to have OTT Contender 7 from the Ringside Club at the National Stadium. And there's going to be an awful lot of hungover heads at that. But so what the hell. Um matches we have for that are Kings of the North against Aussie Open, which I believe is one of the matches they salvaged from Snow TT a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, another match that's been salvaged was Be Cool, I Am Cool, and Big Daddy Cool against Angel Cruz, Rick from Team Prick, and Electro, which I'm gutted I'm not going to be here, just are there because I want to see Electro again. Uh, we also have the gender-neutral title. We have now full-time wrestler Martina uh, against LJ Cleary hey. and Brooks 
that would be. All seriousness, fair fucks to Martina. Ah, fucking hashtag fancies Martina. <laughs> um, we're also going to get the announcement of the brackets for the NLW title tournament. Uh, they're going to announce the, or they're going to crown the champion at the Hangover Show, which is going to be Eurovision weekend, uh, March thirteenth. Um, scrapper. Yep, day after Scrapper Mania, which I won't be there for that weekend. So why is that, Gordo? Because I am being a good friend. So fuck you, Fitz. But why? <laughs> what, are, what are you going to be attending in lieu of being at Scrapper Mania? I am going to see Ed Sheeran, Fitz, uh, because I had uh, spent money on them tickets in advance of this show being announced. So I, and I have a friend coming down for that weekend. So I'm being a good friend and so, good brother. So hashtag get fucked. You're thinking with your vagina. Uh what can I say? It's moist. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Nikki's version where it's like an RTE show. <laughs> this is now it's getting awful dirty. <laughs> like TG Car. <laughs> uh, we'll also right back to this weekend's contender show. Uh, enough about my vagina. Uh, we'll have Jonah Rock against Terry Thatcher. Uh, we'll also have Travis Banks against Scotty Davis. Uh, we'll also have. Nathan Martin and Darren Carney for, of uh, representing More Than Hype against Michael May and Curtis Murray of Legit 100. So top to bottom, that card is pretty pretty awesome. Uh, it's going to be a show definitely worth watching, and I look forward to seeing on their VOD in a couple of days' time. A uh, couple of announcements or changes made for Uprising, who are up uh, still wrestling in their next jail show uh, on March 25th. Uh, Jordan Devlin's been injured. Uh, for as well, it's not a serious injury, he should mm-hmm. still be okay for his America shows. Uh, touch wood, and hopefully, because uh, that'll be huge for him. But they've announced his replacement is Tucker, who yeah, just good replacement. Tucker is awesome as well, so he'll be stepping in and he'll be facing Alexander Dean. And they also announced the, the match of J Money against Cowboy Jim West. So uh, that's as I said, March 25th. And we also have a match announced for OTT Martinez Gaff Party 3, which is on the weekend after that, that Saturday, March 31st in the Tivoli, which is a match to qualify for the NLW title tournament, which will be between Chris Ridgeway and El Fantasmo, who was at Contenders 5 and was pretty fucking awesome. So, as I said, that's Martinez Gaff Party 3 on the 31st. And then, obviously, the next night we have the Defiant Show, which uh, Nikki covered off last week. So, that's going to be a pretty good weekend. And that's about it for this week's Irish Wrestling Roundup. Did it very like Nikki at the end <clears throat> and at the start. It was great. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, every, everything in between, especially the bits about my vagina, not so much. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> no, no one likes your vagina. You see, uh, him come back to it. His segment has been sullied by your potty <laughs> mouth. Blame Fitz. It's Fitz's fault. He brought so, it up. That's true. So I think it's time we move on and talk about Fitz's favourite WrestleMania. Marcos may be tuning up the band. He got it! The The Austin has begun! So the date is March 29th, 1998, and uh, 1998, as we all know, was the International Year of the Ocean, lads, as we're all well aware of. (laughs) 
Uh, Ireland was mere weeks weeks away from uh, the Good Friday Agreement, which is uh, weird. The world was also wrapped up in the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Oh, yeah, this would happen in January. Speaking of the Monica Lewinsky scandal, that Friday, the Friday before WrestleMania, I can't pronounce the name of this drug, but uh, Sildenafil or something, also known as Viagra, developed by Pfizer, is approved as the first oral treatment for erectile dysfunction in the USA by the Food and Drug Administration. Easy enough, you know that anyway. Tell you, tell you, it's amazing what you can find when you look up news stories. <laughs> it's a great, uh, that was a great day for the parish. Great day for the parish. Parish, you say? Uh, the day before WrestleMania 14, Father Dougal Maguire had taken up a new job as the local milkman. After a, <laughs> after a spate of hairy babies, Father Ted Crilly had Pat Mustard fired. Pat Mustard fired. Uh, but the craggy island notario would attempt to have the last laugh when a bomb left on the milk float. And is there anything to be said for saying another mass, lads? <laughs> what about the Tower of Inferno? Gene Hackman played a priest in it. <laughs> uh, Arsenal had beaten Sheffield Wednesday the day before as they marched towards the double and their first Premier League which is weird in our two WrestleMania weeks Arsenal won the title both years uh, won the league by a point uh, they won the double but I mean the treble was to come next season and just for uh, clarity Man City were relegated to what then would now be League One at the time so I thought I'd throw that in there as well uh, <laughs> <Subtle>. the wor- <laughs> why wouldn't I the world was gripped by Titanic fever as the movie ended its 15 consecutive week at number one at the box office, which was then a, a record. It's like that. Run DMC versus Jason Nevins was the UK number one for a second week. It would stay there for six weeks until All That I Need by Boyzone would take the crown for a week. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of the pond, Will Smith was getting jiggy with it for the third straight week nah, as the nah, Billboard nah, number nah, one. And to end it then, same day, uh, Homer Simpson nearly causes a nuclear plant to go into meltdown by putting a donut into the reactor to <laughs> reactor core to enlarge it. He is then fired by Mr. Burns. Uh, Homer joined the Navy, and after nearly causing all-out all nuclear war between Russia and the United States, Homer saves a submarine by using Bart's new air, air, air ring as, to plug a hole. That, that pinhole uh, leak. The pinhole leak, but it's at the start of it, Captain Tennille asks if there's any questions, and Homer says, is there a poop deck? Or, is the poop deck what I think it is? And he laughs. <laughs> I like the cut of your jib. Homer what's says, a what's a jib? jib? <laughs> he goes, promote that man. <laughs> That's what was going on around it. But it was, uh, the Monday Night Wars were in full flow. And it was the first WrestleMania post the Montreal Screwjob. Uh, WWF are hurting in ratings and hurting financially. <clears throat> so they had brought in Mike Tyson, which was a huge financial risk. But it also represented the change in attitude, literally, uh, the company Ooh. was going through. They could go places that WCW simply couldn't. Um, and this was kind of the first night of the real, real start of the Attitude Era in many ways. Uh, it was the last night for the Winged Eagle belt. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, that's when the scratched kind of WWF logo had started to come in. It was uh, Shawn Michaels' last match for four years after injuring his back in the casket match against Taker at Rumble that year. I'll leave the rest of this for you. Um, but it's funny that my mania that I picked was the last tag team match for Michaels. And then the one you pick is his last singles match until he mm. comes back. I wonder, is anyone going to choose w, uh, WrestleMania 26? Ooh. So, WrestleMania 14. I was only a young 11-year-old boy at the time. Innocent in the ways of the world and innocent in terms of wrestling watching as well. It was a better time. It was a sunny time. 
There was no big dogs back then, though. No, there was a road dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fire him. Hashtag fire road dog. But there was, as I said, it was a sunny time, and WrestleMania kicked off with the Legion of Doom 2000 coming to the ring to challenge for the WWF Tag Team Championship in a 15-team battle royal. Uh, God, you don't see matches like that anymore. Hey, Gordo, do you remember Kama Mustafa? Uh, I remember Kama. <laughs> yes, Kama made an appearance. There was uh, Midnight Express. All the old guys were there. Um, but my favorite memory of this entire match was just watching Sonny on the outside of the ring. Back in her prime with flares covering her boobs. Careful now. Uh, better times. I'd, I'd, I'd be back in a minute, lads. Uh, <laughs> so the, the backstory to this match was the, the LOD were the tag champs. And they lost the belts to the New Age Outlaws, who later appear in this show. Uh, and in the months leading up to WrestleMania, it looked like there was a falling out in the Legion of Doom, and they ended up having a bit of a blow, and they announced that they were separating ways and that they were effectively were finished. So people at the time in kayfabe world believed that the LOD were gone and never to be seen again, um, and they turned out to be the surprise entrance in this match. Uh, and obviously once they came out to the match, they were the only team that could win it, uh, and rightfully so. It was very weird seeing Animal in uh, very, very tight um, trunks. Did not leave much to the imagination. Uh, at least Hulk kind of kept himself covered up fairly well, thank you very much. Uh, but the match is a 15-team tag team battle royal. It's as messy as it sounds, but good quality, uh, good quality match. Moving on, then, we had Gordo's favorite Japanese wrestler, Taka Michinoku, defending his WWF Light Heavyweight Championship against Aguila. Um, and this was the first and only time the Light Heavyweight Championship was defended at WrestleMania. Indeed. <clears throat> no, indeed. Um, my favorite memory of watching this match back was uh, <laughs> Jerry Lawler's commentary. <laughs> Boy, he did not like the light heavyweights. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Mainly because, uh, like, I think he made about, I think I counted it, was it 14 references to his son in this, in this match, which only lasted six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sure if you picked up, he also made a line of uh, Taka uh, on a dive to the outside. They said Taka looked like one, known kamikaze, uh, one of those kamikaze pilots just there. Oh, <laughs> uh, and also, in case people don't know, Aguila is actually S.A. Rios. Ah, uh, yes. I, I, I'd i forgotten all about that, but I did not know that. Uh, I remember yep. S.A. Rios. I remember S.A. Rios. Yeah, he, he was great in the SmackDown video games back in the day well, i was gonna say uh it was wrestlemania 2000 on n64 it was yeah. in that one or no mercy he was class in those games steve you are showing your age sam yes sir <laughs> next up obviously taka michinoku retained his championship in that match but next up we had uh triple h defending his wwf european championship against owen hart uh the backstory to this one is that owen hart had the championship uh prior to wrestlemania and he dropped the belt to triple h after picking up a, a real injury um his ankle i believe it was at the time was legitimately injured legitimately hurt and triple h baited him into a match again probably kayfabe but whatever 
and he tapped him out within I think a minute or two or whatever it was and that's how Triple H got the belt but my favorite part of the backstory of this is Triple H had the belt prior to that from one heart after the classic he had with Shawn Michaels around Christmas time in which um I think that Dave Meltzer gave it five stars, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I can see why. The running of the ropes was quite a bad <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen running of the ropes uh, that quality since I saw Kelly Kelly lately at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> you leave Kelly alone. <laughs> She's so good, they named her twice. Oh, God. Uh, so this match had a stipulation that China could not be involved. So they had Sergeant Slaughter, who was, I'm going to say... the commissioner. The, the commissioner, yes. I was going to say enforcer, but it was commissioner's right word. Uh, he had China handcuffed to himself for the entire match. So um, what was the, the line that King used in this match? Is like, I bet China would rather use her own handcuffs. Uh, a classic King line in, throughout this match. It's kind of foreshadowing her career post WWE, oh, really. Oh, 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 oh. We can't speak ill of the dead like that, Gordo. Watch me. Oh, that, 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 that takes the tone down beyond an acceptable level. Uh, the match itself was grand. I was very sad watching this because we never got to see Owen Hart's full potential. And it's an absolute travesty that he hasn't been inducted to the Hall of Fame yet. Um, R.I.P. Owen. Uh, so, Owen. The match ended after China found a mysterious bag of white powder and threw it in Sergeant Slaughter's face. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> it was left over from the night before. <laughs> Allegedly. And you blame out blame me for taking the tone down. Fuck ye. I the reason uh, we have the explicit attack. <laughs> <laughs> so he distracts Slaughter with that. The referee comes out and says, like, What the fuck's going on? As he's going back, uh Hart falls back against the ropes. Boom, low blow. Triple H into the pedigree and um, retains the belt. Classic heel China Triple H move. Um, and after the match, then uh, Sergeant Slaughter gets beaten up for his troubles. Uh, RIP Slaughter. Uh, the next match was marvelous Mark Merrow and his then wife Sable against the artist formerly known as Goldust and Luna Vachon. This is actually one of my more entertaining matches of the night. Um, not going to lie, as a pre-PBS and teenage boy, watching Sable week in, week out was quite the entertaining uh, part of my week. Well, she was one of the biggest stars in the company at the time. She like, was huge. You know, it's crazy. But, like, the, the, the storyline behind this was actually really entertaining. It was the fact that Miro um, was jealous of, this, of the attention that Sable was getting on screen like legit uh, storyline development. It was, it was one of the more longer term stories that they've ever built. Um, and the whole point of it is that he was dragging Sable out of, uh, out of scenarios where she was getting more favorable reaction than he was. And ultimately then he hired Goldust effectively to dress as Sable to kind of play down the fact that Sable was getting more attention because at the time Goldust was dressing up as random people every single week. It was normal for him, I suppose. That was the whole Prince thing, because that, that was when Prince was having a fight with his record label. Yeah. And that's how he's becoming the artist formerly known as Prince. Was it was Goldust calling himself the artist, artist formerly known as Goldust at the time? Yeah. Yeah. That well, was, yeah. was definitely the Prince thing. Exactly. And obviously Luna, the manager at the time, was um was fantastic. Luna was one of the best managers I, I I've seen anyway. I think she was yep. she was quite good. A student of uh, the fabulous Moolah. Ooh, just, the greatest uh, I wonder if she got her full paychecks or does she have to give sixty percent? Yeah, allegedly. 
she might have had to give 40% to someone else first. Um, <laughs> so this match obviously was a mixed max, mixed tag team match. God, that's hard to say. Uh, so <laughs> this was pioneering well before its time and well before Facebook Watch became a thing. Um, the match quality itself was okay. You know you, you know what you're getting with Goldust back then. Mark Mirror was solid enough. Uh, Sable hit some fantastic moves for a woman who actually couldn't wrestle. And Luna was given the 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 job, I suppose, or the unfortunate task of having to train Sable for this match. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of pressure was put on Luna at the time. And so far as that, if Sable got injured or if anything happened that shouldn't have happened, that effectively it would have all have been on Luna. That if it went wrong, it was her fault. Um, and Luna was very pissed off at the fact that Sable didn't actually want to learn how to wrestle or take bumps. She was just all interested in just having the spotlight. And they, they actually worked out the match quite well. And if I'm not mistaken, her move that she used, I think it was in this match, wasn't unlike an F5. It was like a cutter into an F5. Was yeah, that the That's That's yeah. the TKO. That was Mark Merrill's yeah, move. Yeah, at the yeah time. but it was just, it's funny how, you know, she ended up marrying Brock Lesnar and moves look very, very similar. Exactly. <laughs> so not only is talent sexually translated, but so is finishing moves. Mm. Uh, King's line in this match was, Sable might be pretty as a pitcher, but Luna wants to hang her. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so <laughs> we got some classic king in this. In this game, amazing. Um, we had a backstage segment actually next, I believe it was, where The Rock had an interview, sit-down interview with a woman called Jennifer Flowers. Um, this is where the infamous line "If you smell what The Rock is cooking" came from. That was. Overlooked at the time in terms of its importance, but now you see how important that line has become when you see Barack Obama using it. Um, you you know it's cool when Barack uses it. That's that, that's it effectively. But the Rock in this pay per view was fantastic. From that segment to his match that he had next with Ken Shamrock, unbelievable. Like the, he was in the height of his healness, uh, which saved his career and built his career effectively. You know he was debuted. I think it was it the year before. At Survivor Series, or was it the year before that? I think it was the year before that. The year before that. I yeah, think. when he came in as Rocky Maivia, and the crowd shat all over him because you know reasons. Um, <laughs> so he was feuding with Ken Shamrock at the time for the Intercontinental Championship, while effectively feuding with uh, Farouk as well for the leadership of the uh, Nation of Domination. So you know there was a lot of good storytelling here between the match itself. And the actual power struggle happening within the the nation of domination. It's not unlike Bullet Club is fine at the moment. Literally took the words out of my mouth. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, I agree. That that's it's foreshadowing like nineteen years and uh, twenty years exactly to, to the time. It's like wrestling just repeats itself. Uh, the match quality for this was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed this match. And even before I watched it back this week. I had pretty much remembered exactly how this match had gone without having seen it probably in about 10 years. Ken Shamrock sold <laughs> this match like an absolute pro. You'd swear he was an actor rather than a, a legitimate UFC fighter. At one stage, he gets clocked in the head with a chair shot and he legit sold it as if he was off his head. Yep. You know, his eyes were rolling. He was just looking around. Uh, I, if you didn't know better, you would legitimately think he was concussed and he didn't know where he was. He probably was. That's the thing. When you see some of those chair shots and you're watching back these matches, those chair shots are fucking horrendous by today's standards. They were, but th- th- what happened afterward 
all made sense within the storyline. So I don't think that if uh, if if it was legit, then I don't think he would have been able to do things the way they were supposed to do with the same effect. Uh, so he actually wins that match against The Rock and becomes the new Intercontinental Champion. But after the match, uh, Dito Brown, remember him? Kama Mustafa, remember him? Mark Henry, eh, before he was very, very large, he was quite agile at this pay-per-view, surprisingly enough. But they all come in and try to attack Shamrock, and Shamrock um, suplexes them all. Referees come out, he suplexes them, puts the ankle lock back on the rock about four different times. The rock visual with the blood coming out of the mouth, all fantastic. Selling it like an absolute pro. It it reminded me of... um, the Rock, or not The Rock, but Austin in the sharpshooter from Bret Hart when the blood is pouring down his face. It was very similar to that with The Rock blood pouring out of his mouth. Uh, ultimately, The Rock is stretched off uh, by MTs, presumably going to a local medical facility. Hospital. Um, Hospital back then. <laughs> uh, and the referee tells the Fink that the match decision has been reversed and the rock retains his championship via disqualification this obviously sets off ken shamrock he runs down the aisle after the rock tips over the dmt board and beats seven shades of shit out of him again ah, just perfectly booked perfectly fantastic perfectly executed it was legitimately the match itself was only less than about five or six minutes i'd say but the quality and the storytelling for the story leading up to it the the power struggle the the story between Ken Shamrock and The Rock leading up to it as well, where they had disqualified matches beforehand. Just just fantastic stuff. And I think this kind of solidified The Rock as a legitimate wrestler as well. Uh, and Ken kept Ken Shamrock looking ridiculously strong too. Uh, I think they, they kept calling him the, the most dangerous man in professional wrestling. Uh, so that's, that was pretty cool at the time. Now the most dangerous person in professional wrestling is Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's also the most dangerous person in your bedroom as well. Um, <laughs> next matchup we have one of my favorite comedy matches of all time the dumpster match yeah. <laughs> chainsaw charlie chainsaw charlie and cactus jack versus the new age outlaws like this and terry, I, I, terry funk to this day hates chainsaw charlie <laughs> yeah like he was 53 having this match yeah and this was on his first retirement tour He'd already retired from ECW probably that summer. Uh, The the match itself, like, who came up with the idea for Dumpster Match? I I really don't know. And I I, I did a quick search earlier, and I couldn't really kind of figure it out too too easily. Um, But the match was effectively, they rolled out a dumpster and put it ringside. Uh, No no rules, no disqualification. Do what you want. Beat the living shit out of each other. Uh, and, and they did. There was, I don't know what you call them, oven trays almost effectively. Uh, <laughs> trash cans. I think I might have saw a candle stick or two. I'm not too sure. Chairs, Forklift. obviously. <laughs> we'll get to that. So, <laughs> one of my favorite spots of this match is uh, I think it was Billy Gunn and Cactus Jack were climbing the ladder in the middle of the ring, and Road Dog smacks a Chainsaw Charlie and he falls back onto the ladder. And the two boys on the ladder fall out of the ring into the dumpster and my god there's no way that you can sell that legitimately because you are fucked up you're landing in a trash can arguably 15 feet away from where you were 
That yeah. had to hurt no matter what. And you can hear the thud. So I think one of them hits their head off because you can hear a dull thud of a head hitting off something. Yeah, probably cactus uh, to be fair. Probably cactus. Uh, it explained a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, like why he can't remember his promos, but uh, he can't. He said it himself. So anyway, they end up backstage as you do in these sorts of scenarios. Everyone beating the shades of shit out of each other. And suddenly they find a forklift and another dumpster. Very conveniently located, I might add. Uh, so eventually they put the two boys, the New Age Outlaws, on a pallet, lift the pallet up with the forklift, drive it over to a new dumpster. Cactus rolls the New Age Outlaws off into the bin. Chains of Charity reverses up the, the forklift, plops the lid closed, match over, new tag champs, but just put the icing on the cake. Chainsaw Charlie drives the forklift back over and plonks it down on top of the lid so the boys can't get out. <laughs> to this day, I still don't know how they got out. But uh, that was just so entertaining. Uh, and Chainsaw Charlie, Jesus Christ, how the fuck is he still alive? I really don't know. He's got no knees. He doesn't need them, clearly. And <laughs> um, Next up, Kane. Ma- match of and- the night. The Undertaker. Legitimately my favorite storyline from any wrestling ever. So this all started at Bad Blood. I'm gonna say Bad Blood. Yeah, I was literally just gonna say Bad Blood. November the year before. Uh Shawn Michaels was defending his WWF championship against the Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match. First ever Hell in a Cell match. And it looks like the Undertaker is about to win when all of a sudden the lights go out. Strange music hits. You see Paul Bearer come out with this mysterious-looking guy. Holy fuck. I remember watching this live. I was one of those spoiled brats that had Sky Sports back in the day. And and staying up (laughs) way, way past my bedtime. And if my parents saw me, they would have dragged me back to my room, kicked me in the door, and locked the door behind me. I'm thanking Jesus that they didn't notice me that night, but I'm sure they heard me (laughs) shout, Oh, my God! That's gotta be Kane. That's gotta be Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! Like that storyline, like it it wrote itself to a large degree, but I just think the execution of it was possibly the best thing I've ever seen. So after if this, I'm not wrong. If I'm not wrong, they hadn't had a match properly. Or didn't have a major physical altercation until then. Exactly. No, because he didn't want uh, to hit his younger brother. exactly so taker obviously was surprised by this because in taker's mind he had effectively killed his parents and his brother at a fire that he started way back when he was a kid so you know kayfabe makes absolute sense (laughs) that's that problem taken care of (laughs) now i can wait up and watch guys (laughs) (laughs) they won't tell me not to do that again (laughs) now who has school in the morning (laughs) Uh, just for the record, I'd like to point out that I love my parents and I would not do that to them. <laughs> yeah. um, I, love, I love Mammy Gordo. Daddy Gordo. Uh, tolerate him. <laughs> I know I love my parents. But, so yeah, obviously Undertaker's like, what the fuck is going on? He can't believe that Kane's still alive. He vows not to lay fisticuffs with his flesh and blood. And this goes on and on and on. And Kane is taunting him, beating him up and pushing him around. And all the while, Paul Bear is being his classic manager self and pushing him and goading him as much as he can um and ultimately then it breaks down at the royal rumble when Shawn michaels and uh undertaker are having a casket match and kane comes out and locks the undertaker in the casket and sets it on fire 
you know, they give, so they must take away. Um, and obviously they blow or they they uh, extinguish the fire on the casket and they discover the Undertaker wasn't there. It's like, where is the Undertaker? Oh, well, just, he used to be so good. I remember. Um, good and then he wasn't around for a while. Uh, and so it looked like Kane had finally gotten rid of the Undertaker until one night on Raw. Uh, a sarcophagus, I believe, appeared on the tight other on the ramp, and the Undertaker just appeared out of it. And all of a sudden, the Undertaker had gone to hell, talked to his parents, and his parents said it was okay that <laughs> he fights the, the fights his brother Kane. Now I'm paraphrasing slightly, but effectively that's the that's the gist of what happened. Uh, so it's it's on. <laughs> Let's get it on. Um, and then the, 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 the role before Mania, I believe they had a superpower show off where they just started setting things on fire for the crack. For the bands. <laughs> for bands. Which is hilarious. Uh, that leads very nicely into WrestleMania itself. Um, and legitimately, my favorite WrestleMania entrance of, of all time, uh, we had The Undertaker coming out with the Druids and their flaming torches leading the path to the ring. Uh, what made it a little bit more special for me was the fact that this WrestleMania, the, the entrance was at a weird angle. So you almost walk out and you turn 45 degrees and you walk to the ring. I think it was similar enough to WrestleMania 3, I think it was, where it had a weird angle on it. And, and, and 7 as well. They had the same thing at 7. Yeah, but no one watched 7, so that's okay. That's a great pay-per-view. <laughs> Star power alone. Carry on. Yes, uh, we all enjoyed that um, that DiBiase match. No, R.I.P. Virgil. Uh, so <laughs> what, what, what was the name of that lad who got fucking killed by the mafia? <laughs> Dino Bravo. <laughs> Allegedly. So the match itself. This is the first time we ever see a match between Kane and the Undertaker. Uh, just the storytelling of 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 the lead up. The match quality itself, I suppose, you, you wouldn't rate it overly high, but it was the payoff of one of the best storylines WWF ever done uh, since and even before that. So like, the match itself was fantastic, I thought. It took three tombstones to put away Kane. Uh, and to be fair, The Undertaker struggled to do those tombstones at the time. I don't think he was used to doing tombstones to quite l- such large gentlemen as Kane was. Uh, so that, that was fun to do. Uh, so that was good um, and we obviously got further matches we won't talk about the Inferno match that was terrible um, but this they leads us back. nicely into the main event we had Shawn Michaels defending his WWF Championship against Stone Cold Steve Austin who had won the Royal Rumble we had a special guest as Steve rightly pointed out Mike Tyson was the special ring enforcer uh, I suppose ring enforcer is probably the wrong word. That's what Gordo does for Nia Jax. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no enforcer in that. <laughs> He's a special match enforcer. Um, now, all the while leading up to WrestleMania, we had... <laughs> but this basically was the turning point for WWF while yes. Steve tackles away there. <laughs> this was a big, big deal. Big. Even Eric Bischoff came out and said this. He goes, oh, I like that. Yeah, this was a big deal for them. Exactly. I, I don't know whether it was just the fact that they had Austin there or they had a uh, Tyson there. Well, uh, it got the eyes on it because uh, Mike had been kind of ostracized from boxing at the time, and he was on the outs. And 
This is a big, you think 1998, Mike Tyson's probably the most famous person in the world. This is true. I suppose like it would be you the know, same like of having Conor McGregor do something now um, for the likes of Ring of Honor, I suppose, or, mm. or one of the lesser promotions trying to challenge and trying to yeah. get some publicity. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't definitely don't like, take left like five Conor McGregor's. <laughs> Every person on the earth knew who Mike Tyson was. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, not to be fair, I, I would agree. Um, and they played him perfectly. Yeah. You know, all the way leading up to WrestleMania, we had effectively Tyson being somewhat neutral up to a point. And then all of a sudden you see him wearing the DX t-shirt and you think, oh, shit. He's after siding with Michaels and DX. So, you know, it's all up against Austin. You know, can Tyson and Austin. Tyson and Austin. <laughs> can Austin <laughs> overcome the odds at WrestleMania, not only to defeat one of the best WWF champions of all time, Shawn Michaels, uh, you're going to have probably Triple H in China ringside as well. And you're going to have Mike Tyson as a special ring enforcer. Uh, making sure that nothing shady goes down for Michaels. So you you, you had a, a lot of um, angles built up against Stone Cold, which made the payoff all more memorable. But the fact that Shawn Michaels was having issues in his personal life leading up to this kind of cast a shadow on this match leading up to it. And if rumors are to be believed, The Undertaker even had to come in and effectively threaten Shawn Michaels leading up to this match to say that if anything goes down or if you don't uh, perform like you're supposed to perform, then you literally are going to get the beating of a lifetime uh, as per Taker and uh, wrestlers court. The story goes is that uh, Undertaker went back through the curtain after his match with Kane and retaped his hands. And he sat with Vince to make sure that uh, Sean did business, basically. Yeah. That uh, he put he put Austin because the whole idea was this is the new guy for the new era. Sean, this is your last match. He, the match, I don't know. I don't want to jump in on the match, but the match itself, you could tell Michaels was in bad way. Mm-hmm. Uh, match quality suffered a little bit for that. Yeah. This was a legitimate concern that that's how bad Michaels was at the time in terms of his attitude. Mm-hmm. And, actual physical condition that Taker had to be ready to go and fuck shit up if he if he didn't yeah. do the job, brother. Yeah, like you're you're talking about what five six months after um, the Montreal screw job. So you're 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 not yeah. talking a, a lifetime away from when something shady did go down, and you're also looking at a star performer who's having massive personal issues with drink, drugs, whatever, and and whoever. So you have a lot of variables there where you need to make sure things go as it's supposed to go. Yeah. Um, now, as you said, the match quality, I suppose, it, it was deteriorated, deteriorated from what it could have been as a result of Michael's injury, which he picked up at the Royal Rumble casket match against The Undertaker when he took a nasty back bump off the casket. Um, that, to be fair, like that, that would fuck up most people. And as you said at the, at the intro to this piece, that was the, the last time we saw Michaels for four years. In the ring, essentially, in, you had the commissioner the stuff and commentating roles, yeah. but he was in WWF New York many a time. <laughs> <laughs> so, this match effectively the, the end result of this match was to put over Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, and to be honest with you, even watching this as an 11 year old kid, completely innocent to the world, I did not see the turn coming. I, I'll be the first to admit that I was a fool, a wrestling fool, and I was a mark. 
not <laughs> our mark because no one wants to be our mark no but it was me the mark <laughs> uh looking back now obviously it was so obvious um but like when you watched you it for the first uh, time did you see you this mean happening? you mean the punch not even a punch, but even just uh, Tyson count. turning. Mm. Well, I suppose it just seemed like it seemed like Austin was, you know, even back then you, you kind of knew how it worked a little bit and you knew that Austin was a new guy coming through and you kind of felt like, and even you're, you're younger and you're like, I want Austin to win everything. Even though I, you know, when I was younger, I love Shawn Michaels, but it just seemed like time was right. So I figured to be something happening with Tyson. Mm. Uh, when I was looking at this, I I actually remembered something from the next day. So I don't think I stayed up or I wasn't allowed to stay up. I was like maybe 12 or 13 at the time, probably 13, I think at the time. And my dad had a, pay, a copy of the star and it had a thing on the star that Mike Tyson had punched Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania the night before. <laughs> and the story that they were fed by WWE was that Michael's jaw had been broken. I don't know if they, they ever used that oh. anywhere else, but his jaw was broken. And I was like, yeah, see, it is real. Mike Tyson broke Shawn Michaels' face last night. <laughs> <laughs> and also I'm thinking, spoiler alert, I haven't seen the fucking show yet. I just got in from school, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny, I had that memory of going, I remember Mike Tyson. I remember something in the paper about that. And that's what they said, Don Shawn Mike, whatever PR mm. person. Yeah, he broke his jaw, he's out. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah, and uh, I, I love the ending. the 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 finish of the match itself is brilliant. With the you know, he's, I, you, you haven't heard this one either, but I I played it in the intro to this. The Michaels goes to tune up the band, yep. and then Austin catches it, spins him around, and hits the stunner. It's one of the best stunners ever, I think. Yep. An important stunner, some might say, for historic reasons. Well, you're 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 looking at the best seller in the business. Mm. Uh, and to be fair, like uh, you could question his. Loyalty, integrity, motivation at the time, but you know, to be fair, when when the cards were on the table and he had to do what he had to do, he did what he had to do better than anyone else could have. Well, like as you said, like what five months before that, the screw job had to happen because somebody wouldn't play ball. Yep, Brett. Screw ball, Brett. Yep, ball was in his court. He had to play ball. <laughs> Brett, um, screw Brett. One note I did have on this is, and I don't know if anyone picked up on it in the early stages. Uh, Michaels ended up getting uh, Charlie Sterling, as I now call it. Yep. Yeah, where he had his Arsenal show for a minute or so. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but this was see that nowadays. This yep. is uh, essentially Shawn Michaels at the time. What everyone thought was his last match ever, and he was only thirty-three. Uh, yep. Did you hear the story about the T-shirt? Have you ever yeah. read that one? Uh, so they, there was an Austin 316 t-shirt in it and Michaels had refused to allow them to put that Austin puts the Austin 316 t-shirt over Michaels as he's on the ground and they said fine we won't do it but Mike Tyson did it anyway Yep, <laughs> he was shot at the end and I imagine he wasn't too happy because even you know they did the press conference at the end hmm. and Michaels and Triple H in China actually you see him kicking doors and shit and he was legitimately pissed and it was like he, yep. had, he had an interview with Austin, actually, and he talked about it, and he was like, "That that's not the way I wanted to go out. And for whatever about his attitude, he goes, he didn't think that was right. Yeah. Shane, Mc, that. Shane McMahon had to hold him back from interrupting that press conference. Really? Because Shane saw what was happening. He saw him storming towards the press conference to confront Vince and, uh, and the rest of the boys who were doing the, paper, or the, the press conference after the pay-per-view, and Shane McMahon legitimately had to hold him back. She... She, but I'll leave you with this now. Probably my two uh, most fav- favorite King quotes from the night. 
So we'll end this one on a, on a happy note. Uh, so both of these came from the Owen Hart match with Triple H. Um, he said, I once saw the Hart family tree, but I wanted to chop it down. <laughs> <laughs> and when you've got a low IQ like Owen Hart does, you should also have a low voice. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Like, this was... This is essentially the, the start, the proper start of the Attitude Area. As we said, they got rid of the Winged Eagle. I love the Winged Eagle, but I think the Globe mm-hmm. Belt that came afterwards is a nicer one. Get um, I, I preferred the Globe one right afterwards. It only lasted three or four years, but it was basically the Austin Belt. And Triple H had it for a little while too. It looked great, but when it was I his time. I'd only properly started watching around here. Okay. Um, like I'd, I'd seen bits and pieces. I'd seen WrestleMania. My uncle was a big fan, so I'd seen WrestleMania yeah. some one or two episodes here and there. Like Mania 7 was one of the first ones he watched, so I remember seeing it with him but this is around about where i really came into watching it full time and was watching it with friends every week and all that sort of stuff so i was lucky enough i stood up to watch this and the whole change over into the attitude era and that to me that globe belt was just what symbolized why i started watching wrestling yeah. so oh, i yeah. loved it that, that happened on the raw after the show and yeah. um, they swapped out the winged eagle mm-hmm. but also the next night was when the new dx was formed to triple h you kind of criticize michaels for losing and all that so he looked to his blood, he looked to the click, and uh, Sean Waltman came out as X-Pac, and uh, who else? I think Road Dog and uh, Billy Gunn did it later in the night. Yeah. It was later in the night or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it was sad, like, it was It was only 33, like, I mean, fucking Strowman is 33 now, and he's a baby. Yeah. When you think about it, you know, it's crazy that Michaels would have been essentially gone by then. I'm not far off 33, and I haven't even started my <laughs> wrestling career yet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you I'm still think- hoping for that Man United contract? <laughs> You think it was twenty years ago, so you got to look at the advancements in the in the way that they train, the condition themselves, yeah, uh, medical advancements as well. Like, yeah, like, Michael was an old thirty-three. He's he's <laughs> like Rooney. Rooney was an old thirty-two. <laughs> but it's so funny. Like Michaels came back after the four years, did his bits and whatnot, and he had the matches of his career after he came back. Yep. Yep. Like, that's insane when you think about it logically. His second run was better than his first one. Not yeah, as historic. And that's saying something. Yeah. Because yeah. that was a huge, yeah. My God. And this was like, you think of the trouble that company was in at the time. They had to, they were backed into a corner. That's mm-hmm. why I want something to happen now. I'd never want to see them be in trouble again. Because I love them all the same. We st- we're talking about them like, but they were in legit trouble and they had to make a call. And they mm-hmm. had just lost Bret Hart as well. They were that was their number one guy for years. Yeah, no Hart, no Hogan, no Savage. You yeah. look even to a lesser extent, no DiBiase, who I know he never really made it to that yeah. level, but he was still a big, mm-hmm. no flair. Yeah, exactly. Rick like, Rude, all these guys had left. Lex Luger, the they whole, were fucking the Hall and Nash, did they? Yeah. Fucking Hall, who they looked at as someone who was potentially going to be one of the next guys in the main event scene and going for the title at the time he left and. As you said, they had to turn around and say, right, where are we going to go with this? And I heard someone describe the, this pay-per-view. I don't know if I heard this before or if I was researching this one, but it was like WrestleMania 1 all over again in that they bet the farm. Like they, if, if WrestleMania 1 didn't work, they were fucked. And if this didn't work, they were in awful trouble because they mm-hmm. apparently paid Mike Tyson millions. Yep. They essentially went all in. They went oh. all in on this. Seriously, like they... But it, it all paid was, off. It was. It was one of the biggest selling... I think it was the biggest selling... Event in a non-stadium capacity for six years. It was the biggest pay-per-view at the time. A big pay-per-view gate. It was a million-dollar gate. Yeah, which sounds like nothing now, but at the time that was monstrous. I think only like yeah. two other things that topped a million. 
Yeah. I think they hit 1.3 or 1.4. That's crazy. Now, let's uh, be honest. We, we know that WWE are, are famous for, you know, turning their figures upside down when they need to. But you could see it. Like, the stadium was rocking. You could see that, like, legitimately, that made absolute sense. And um, when they needed to, as you said, they, they really pulled out all the cards and put on a fantastic show. And I think, was this soon after, like a month or two later, they they came close to beating Nitro? It was something like they'd, they'd become on par with them at some point. Yeah, they leveled out for a couple of months, then Nitro took over for a bit, and then they ended up peaking. Yeah, until, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Mankind that infamous night of, yep. Greatest moment in Raw history, I said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's uh, that's WrestleMania 14. We, we've gone to two kind of historic ones there, but this one kind of the most important one, I think, of all the WrestleMania. There, there hasn't been a more important one, I think. Yep. That literally saved the company. Yeah. Uh, or started the road to saving the company. Uh, Gordo, you're going... Oh, is it Nicky that's going next? Next week, and I think he said he's going to do 17. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to put him in a corner and tell him he's doing 17 anyway. Nobody puts Bosky in a corner. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be very upset by that anyway, actually. I was just thinking, right, you know how recently there's been very few new stars. They're even calling old guys back. You can talk about Strowman and Elias now. They're doing okay, but there's been kind of been the same matches for years. You think of the difference between three years. You look at the card on 17, look at the card on 14. It's like two different companies. Yep. Crazy. In such a short space of time. Yep. Well, if you look from where we are, where we are tonight, we'll say looking at 14 to where we'll inevitably get in two weeks where I'm potentially going to do 19. I'm torn between 19 and 16. Um, you look at that three years, there are three Rock Austin matches among that card, but every one that was completely different with a different build. Crazy. And the amount of stars they built from, say, from this night on, we'll say. Oh, completely. Insane. Completely. You have The Rock who was in an icy title match and was in the fucking nation of domination here. Mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Uh, the Hardy Boys weren't even on this show. I'm sure they were jobbing at the time or whatever. Yep, they weren't even a thing. You look they at... They were massive. As I said, you had a guy who probably made... I, I know he didn't have a huge run in it, but who actually made the light heavyweight title uh, division, essentially built it a bit, was in SA Rios. Mm. He did have good matches in it for a while. No, he's a lesser star, but he is someone that you look at as a divisional kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Jesus Christ, yeah, fucking Cactus Jack and Chainsaw, fucking Charlie. <laughs> uh, like, you have Cactus Jack who goes from this match to be the person in the most iconic moment of the Monday Night War in the Switch, yeah, and then goes on to have the, that feud with Triple H on his way out. That all happens from here to 2000 in the space of what, three years? Two. Two, mm-hmm. yeah. Mental, frightening, frightening how quick shit changed in those three and years. They, they can't build anyone these days. <laughs> well, we're three years on from Brock Roman won. What the fuck has changed? Nothing. Nope. Is still in all the, all this changed. There's no one with a fucking money in the bank briefcase to cash in and save it this time, unless Carmella's cashing in. Carmelo, <laughs> sorry, Carmelo, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. Um, I know it's just it's something I noticed when I was looking and I was going who's going next and I was like, oh someone said 17 I looked at the card but you know you don't have to look at the card that's such a good WrestleMania you remember it just looking at the card you're like holy shit like where did all these people come from gimmick like, battle royal do this yep and even Kurt Angle had a match against no one yep yep <laughs> but yeah uh, that's 14 next week we'll have 17 and then possibly 19 or maybe 26 i think you said 19 or 16 i wonder the other 16 yeah 
Ah, uh, sure, we'll see what happens. So, um, I don't think we've had any breaking news, so we'll call it a night there, lads. So, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. Yay. Oh, there you go. It took you on. <laughs> Stroke me clover and all that. <laughs> Stroke me clover. The filth on this podcast. We'll end up in the adult section. Ooh. <clears throat> but um, as usual, uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. I think the other one is <laughs> all the places we're on. Uh, follow us at 2 Bit Wrestling or 2 Bit Sports, but preferably 2 Bit Wrestling if you're listening to this. You don't want to hear me talk about games and football. And Facebook at facebook.com forward slash 2 Bit Sports. And I think that's probably it, lads. Am I forgetting anything? No, essentially, as you said, pretty much do all the stuff that Jericho says to do for his podcast, but for us. So. Yep, that's how we do. So, Anton Dad, Steve? I'm good for now. Cool. I thought you were going to tell me to get fucked. I'm setting you up for it. <sighs> Can't do it now. You're expecting it. <laughs> hey, hey, Fitz, Fitz, he, he likes WrestleMania 7. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> hey, Fitz, Fitz, do you know what's a better match than Austin and Michaels? Four reasons beyond their control. Dino Bravo against whoever he was against. No, no. <laughs> Macho Man Ultimate Warrior is a better match. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Less I important. Know, that. <laughs> that was a quick come down. I, I didn't build my one my WrestleMania around one match, to be fair, but it's that good. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, she will talk to you next week. Uh, we'll cover. Hopefully, Ronda's on the show. Uh, Brock won't be there. I'm calling it right now. And uh, say goodbye, boys. Bye, bye. Au revoir, arrivederci. The big dog. The big dog. Oh, 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 oh